Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Let in Bill WD-40 to lube us up for tonight's show. Jerry O'Brien, how you doing? 405-er. And who else is joining us? Let's see. Keith Kerrigan, good to see you. Thank you for coming on in. And Richard Elmore, good to have you here. Uh, Jerry O'Brien again, Grandizer, thanks for coming on in. Richard Elmore, good to have you here. Uh, look at this. Pam's trying to say, no, you are not. I am Pam. No, I am Pam, Pam. You can't be Pam if I am Pam. All right. Hadley, nice to have you here. Anonymous Rex, MM3, good to have you back. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. Jenny, how you doing? Stu Gerson and the Fifth World. Fifth World, welcome to SOR Chat. I believe this might be your first time here. And uh, we are caught up, everyone. We are caught up. Yeah, Super Chat, once again, is open. And if you have it already, you could go shopping like I just did at spacedoutradio.com. Grab yourself some really cool swag that we have on the website for you. And, of course, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways after the show. Don't forget to leave a comment. It really helps with our YouTube algorithms. We'd appreciate it. Horns up, everyone. Let's do this. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talkstream Live, and KPNML. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. Now, this show, we take everything off. We throw everything off the plate because it's all about discussion and debate about the month that was. And that is why we call it the SOR Roundtable around here. And tonight, we have a jam-packed show of information that is going to lead you down the road of scratching your head and making you think, hot damn, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world tonight. We got a panel of extraordinary people here tonight. We have Science Bob McGuire. We have from Disclosure Tonight, Thomas Fessler. Researcher, little Tommy Whitmore. We call him Uncle Tom around here. Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast. And you know him from the 
UFO report. It's our resident Timbit, Tim Senor. And tonight, gentlemen, we are going to start off with UFOs. We're going to be talking a lot about UFOs tonight, and that is why I gathered the panel that I did for this show, because there's a lot going on, and there is a lot not going on right now. And Thomas, we're going to start with you tonight in regards to the fact that we are now five weeks out and still no UFO report from the ODNI, which was supposed to come out on Halloween night. It's been delayed. There's really no reason or answers as to why it's been delayed. All we hear is that it's coming, and we have no idea what's going to be on that report. One thing we do know is that the U.S. Navy has been acting tough again and saying, we're not giving you any more videos. We're not talking about this subject. And here we go. I mean, is this an internal brouhaha happening or what is going on? Person who's on the ball to go ahead and actually give us all the information with regards to this report and everything that's going to happen. When our reporters have had a chance to ask the people in the DOD, where's the report? What's going on? DOD every time says, well, you have to talk to the ODNI. Not saying, did you, did you deliver everything that was required under the law with regards to the NDAA 2022 in a timely manner to the ODNI so they can prepare the report? And more importantly, have they gone back to you and asked for any clarification and additional questions regarding some of the stuff you may not have delivered? I mean, we're dealing with our, our real-life SpongeBob SquarePants episode. You've seen it before where they say 25 days later. And we kind of get into it where, you know, it's become this running joke that just continues on. You know, they can put out news brief after news release, after press release on Twitter and other places on their websites to go ahead and spread the information what's going out there. But yet when they have a requirement from the United States government, more importantly, something they're accountable to us, the taxpayers, uh, doesn't come that often of a report they're supposed to have. It's freaking silence, and it just doesn't make sense. Except that, well, there's either they gave them a bunch of sh a bunch of stuff that they didn't want to have. They gave them that shtick that nobody wants to deliver. But the truth of the matter is, we haven't gotten anything, and it could be really because the information that was due. Remember, they're supposed to be talking about everything, including the stuff under the sea, in our air. And in space, I can see a smile on Bob. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, let's let's go over to Science Bob here, and Bob, take it on over. What do you think? Why is there a okay. delay? Well, uh, what I know is multiple members of the House and Senate Select Committee on Intelligence told the people who are writing the report that we're not listening to this crap. You take the report back and you give us what we asked for. And that's exactly what they should have been told. We're not listening to your crap anymore. We want the real deal. Give us what we asked for, or we're going to subpoena you, drag your butt in front of the cameras, and tell you what we want. Well, that, that's shooting from the hip right there, Bob. You know, and, you know, for a long time, the U.S. Navy and the other military and alphabet agencies have had their way on everything. Why, why do you think that the government is going to stand pat on this? The, the Congress has had it. Look, Congress has taken over disclosure. It won't come from the president. 
It won't come from the Pentagon. It won't come from the Director of National Intelligence. It won't come from the Defense Intelligence Agency. It won't come from NSA. It won't come from CIA. This, the, the Congress of the United States of America has had it with the cover-up. Then why are they going and just seriously not addressing a Tim Burchett wants to meet with Rubio and others, and they won't even have meetings to talk about the situation? It seems like Congress is... Had been no, 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 no. T- 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 look, look, look. I, I, I love Tim Burchett's enthusiasm, but let me just be my typical blunt self. He is a nothing burger congressman from a tiny, unimportant district in Tennessee. He has zero power in this matter. The people that have power in this matter are on the Armed Services Committee and the Intelligence Committees. And that and and government oversight committees. Those people have power. Tim Burchett is on no important committee. He has no power. He's reaching out. I, I like what Tim Burchett is doing. And I like it. I like it. He just doesn't have any clout. And I agree with you on that. But you know what? The one thing that I like about what Tim Burchett is doing with the ODNI, the report being delayed, he's calling out disclosure. He's the only one calling out disclosure, in my opinion. Everybody else wants to put things behind closed doors and redacted papers here and there. You know, more more black lines on a piece of paper than John Greenwald from the Black Vault has ever seen. Okay, and we're seeing this happen. And I like, you know, whether or not you agree with Tim Burchett's other side of politics, don't care. We're focusing on... That's that's irrelevant. His politics are irrelevant. He does not have an important committee assignment in Congress. Now, look, if you want to hear of the right congressman to care about, there was one congressman that was the congressman in the House Select Committee on Intelligence Mm -hmm. who picked up the Wilson document and read it into the record and handed it into the record. And I can tell you, if these committees are serious, they will take Oak Shannon's notes, Oak Shannon's notes, and they will subpoena every living person who is mentioned in those notes. They will put them under oath and threaten them with jail if they don't come in and answer questions, truthfully. All right, let's go to Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast here. I mean, you've dealt with a lot of big names on your show here recently with Jason Gilman, another great friend of this show. And, Louis, I mean, when you hear everything that's going on, I mean, did we ever think that UFOs, Louis, would become this political south of the border? No, absolutely not. And it's a good thing because at least it gets people talking. You get fired up one way or the other. And I mean, 40 years ago, if you had told somebody we'd be discussing congressional hearings on UFOs, they would have thought you're nuts. So it is vindication for people who've been in this for a long time. And I think we're going the right way. Frustrating. Yeah. As enthusiasts and people that want it right now. And we're not stupid. And I think this topic attracts a lot of big minds. And you can't just blow smoke on those people. They're intelligent scientists and everything else. So as frustrating as it may be. Uh, it's refreshing to hear what Science Bob just said, that at least somebody's cracking the whip and saying, enough of your nonsense. And a lot of that is news to me. Again, being Canadian, we don't have the access that a lot of Americans who are really entrenched in this. Uh, you know, it doesn't make local media or any real Canadian media. So it can be tough to follow for a lot of people up in Canada. But 
again, it, uh, as frustrating as it is, I think it's a good thing. And uh, the political divides just cause more more discussion. So, Absolutely. Tom Whitmore, let's get your opinion on this. With the ODNI not releasing the report, we're five weeks late now. I mean, when do you see this coming, Tom? I'm thinking maybe after spring. I don't think it's going to take that long. And I, I want to make one thing clear that I want disclosure as much or more than anybody, but I'm going to kind of play the spoiler and, and play the devil's advocate here because uh, I don't have a lot of confidence that the public is going to learn much, even from these reports. And even though Bob is making it sound like the Congress is putting its foot down and they're going to force uh, DOD, et cetera, et cetera, to come up with information. We have separation of powers in the Constitution, and they're co-equal branches. So even though uh, Congress does have the responsibility of oversight, they, it's, it, they can't force the DOD to cough up information. Okay. And this happens all the time because, well, I won't say it happens all the time, but I'll give you an instance. I've, uh, the past few months I've been studying continuity of government and uh, a Senator or two, I think on the intelligence committee or on, on the correct committee that had the proper clearances and was clear to get the most secret information that the government had and requested some detail on continuity of government uh, documents and was refused by the executive branch. So they just told them, no, you can't have it. And I think that the the same thing uh, can happen here. Now, when the DOD people come running to Congress and with their tails wagging and ready to please them, is when they want money, okay? And the the budgets and the money is everything. And unless there's some motivation there for them to come to to Congress uh, needing money and they want to study UFOs publicly, which they don't want to do, they, they're absolutely being forced to do anything at all, then I don't, I don't really see anything happening. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I've been saying this for a while, but I think it would take a Watergate-level investigation to pry this stuff out of here. Yeah. But you'd, you'd have to have like a special, uh, an independent counsel who, who really has no restriction and then go and go uh, looking into this. And I just don't think that that's a priority for Congress. And I don't think that they have the will to do that. There's Danny Sheehan. Well, there could be. I mean, and, and you know, Tom, I'm leaning towards what you're saying. I really am because I have no confidence. No confidence in anything that I've seen. I, I understand what with Bob's has said and what Thomas has said. I mean, if it's a law, it's a law. But I think the law is going to be tested here. Tim Seenor, let's get you in for a few words here regarding this because we have discussed and debated this on the UFO report for the past number of weeks. Are you getting frustrated by the fact that the report isn't out and it just seems to be excuse after excuse? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping that it would be on time. And again, just a couple of days before this is airing, uh, Sabrina Singh, the de- the deputy Pentagon press se- secretary, held a press briefing. And when asked about this and this topic, she just breezed through it with no explanation, kind of a shrug, and she didn't have any information whatsoever 
on when it's going to be delivered. So, yes, I think it's incredibly frustrating to see the Pentagon not even holding this accountability that we're all kind of hoping for kind of makes me a little nervous when it comes to some public uh, opinion. I don't think we're going to get any kind of representation, you know, so it, it makes me nervous. You're absolutely right in wondering that. Um, but back to Tim Burchett very briefly, um, I feel he's a very bold spokesperson. And if we're able to kind of keep him in the position he's in, he's still making headlines on this topic. And again, he names names when it comes to people that he believes have been compromised. And so when he is refused a meeting, he names their name, which is almost as valid as the information that could be taking place during it. So, you know, sometimes the silence screams information. And I think that's kind of what we're getting right now is that silence. So let's look between the lines. And, and you know, we always have to read between the lines on any of these subjects as we go forward. And Science Bob, you know, uh, I'm thinking, reading between the lines, what's the feeling you're getting from the people you were talking to on the inside? There is one thing, one thing, and one thing only that will change all of this, and it will change it overnight. One thing. The President of the United States will sign two bills and the game is over. Why is the game over? Tom shaking his head, but he's wrong. And I'll explain why. Because the bills allow anyone in government, anyone in the entire United States government to come in and talk to members of Congress on the intelligence committees, on the armed services committees, and tell them all they know about what's gone on inside government since January 1, 1947. And that date is in the bill. That date is in the bill. Why do you think that date is in the bill? Does that sound like it's significant? Hmm, I think it might be significant. And who do you think is helping craft the legal language that's going to go forward to protect these people who have been hiding and stepped on and smashed and hidden under non-disclosure agreements, which end on this topic the day that bills, those bills are signed? When the National Defense Authorization Act for 2023 and the Intelligence Community Budget for 2023 are signed by the President of the United States, that will be the day disclosure begins. Why you why you have no report? I'll tell you why you have no report. Because the bill has not been signed yet, and those bills have not been signed yet, and there is a war going on inside the government to try to get the language and those bills changed. I have a quick question for you, Dr. Bob. Um, is the NDA legislation into UFOs exempt for special access programs? Yes. There are no NDAs on SAPs. Whether they're unacknowledged or acknowledged SAPs, the NDAs and the constraints in them end for the people who want to come and talk to Congress. They are completely people going and talking to Congress earlier this year. I mean, Lou was clear about that in some different conversations. You, that you, are, you are just wrong, Tommy. You are. Let me finish. 
because you're just plain wrong. So let a person who knows how this works tell you. The special access program NDAs apply even to people that want to come into Congress now until these bills are signed into law. I'm, I was just saying that conversations have already taken place with members of Congress from people who have witnessed stuff who are quote-unquote whistleblowers already, and that was going on in March and April of 2020 before a lot of the stuff all fell apart earlier in the year like it did. So we know that Congress is already aware of a bunch of stuff that's going on that's not necessarily been in the report coming from the ODNI. So, and I'm sure the ODNI is aware of what Congress knows potentially. And if that's the case, it creates this double jeopardy situation where the DOD is saying, here you go is the information. They're like, what about this? What about this? What about that? You're, 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 everybody, everybody's, everybody's forgetting a couple of things. Just let me quickly point them out. The DOD has no reporting responsibility to Congress on this. Who has the reporting responsibility in these bills? Own one office. It's in the executive branch, and it's not in the Pentagon. If you'll listen to the Pentagon spokesman, so say, well, look, this is coming from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and we're not going to get ahead of them while they're doing their report. Right. I've, heard the information is I've heard that three times we, in the last we, month. Yeah, the Pentagon is not going to report on this. One at a time, guys. Uh, I know we we got to bite our tongue yeah, sometimes. So absolutely, one at a time. You're exactly on the Bob, and it's coming from the ODNI. But a lot, some of the stuff we're getting from the ODNI, that source of the data, everything has to be reporting up to the UAPTF, and there's there's reporting requirements of all that information that has to get to that one central point, and then that comes across ODNI. And if that information isn't flowing up into the UAPTF and doesn't make it to ODNI. ODNI has the has the reporting to Congress, but there's other organizations within the DOD that are on the hook as well, not just the ODNI. So, so the, the the language in the two bills replaces UAPTF with APRO. APRO, it's APRO, sorry, APRO. And when APRO is in existence, and the laws are changed, and the reporting requirements are now in concrete, uh, now in concrete. Upgrade your kitchen with the new LG Counter-Depth Max French Door Refrigerator line, the industry's largest counter-depth capacity refrigerators. LG Counter-Depth Max, built in style, full-size capacity. Learn more at LG.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100-horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Everything will change. All right. We got two and a half minutes left. And uh, Science Bob, Thomas Fessler, you can totally hear the passion in their voices about this. Uh, Tim, I see you smiling there. And, uh, you know, when when you hear a bunch of differing views like we have here, I mean, we're almost like the entire UFO field right now, Tim, where we're confused on what's happening, what's not happening, where is this going to go, where isn't it going to go? I mean, should we be confused with all of this? Absolutely, and that's the whole point. 
I mean, we're not getting information. We're getting partial information. It's all to kind of hopefully ride this out. And we know that it's semi-politically driven, if not completely politically driven. So they'll absolutely wait it out until the people that are, you know, kicking up the most dust just aren't there anymore. And we are hopefully, as the public, distracted by something else shiny in the news. Mr. Whitmore, would you agree with that? Well, I, I agree with Bob that there's a war going on in the government behind the scenes. Uh, you've got two factions happening. And yes, the law is being set up so that they have a secure channel for people to uh, report uh, what they know. The problem is historically, uh, quote unquote, whistleblowers, uh, things usually don't end very well. And despite the fact that Congress has written uh, all of these safeguards into their plan, uh, there's nothing to stop the Department of Defense or any other government agency or a contractor or third party contractor from firing a person or, uh, you know, basically giving them a hard time. And yes, they have the right to sue, but how many civilians can afford to go into a full-blown lawsuit against the government? So I'm just not as optimistic about it. I I don't think it's game over. I think, you know, we we have a ways to go here. And I would agree. Louis, you get the final word. we got about 30 seconds left. Yeah, I love the passion that everybody's arguing with. And again, it's because that we're that enthused and we're sick of hearing, you know, yes, we're going to get something. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. And this has been going on for years. So um, I again, I kind of I'm leaning more towards Tom. I'm more pessimistic than ever just because there's been so many kind of false flags or so many moments of exuberance followed by a whole lot of anger and frustration. So I'm leaning more towards we're not really going to get the goods, even though I really hope we do. Well, on that note, gentlemen, when we return from the break here on Spaced Out Radio, who is in the public's corner when it comes to UFOs? Every group out there seems to be infiltrated with government agents, government scientists. What about the SCU? We're going to get into that more on the roundtable tonight. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is next. Great half hour, gentlemen. Great Tom, half hour. Tom, Tom gave us Tom gave us the only important name <coughs> for, in defense of the people who want to come forward and talk. Mr. Fester is absolutely right about the only important name in, in defending the people who want to come forward. Who's that? Daniel Sheep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be right back. I gotta check on my boy here, guys. I mean, Go take care of a dad. Uh, now he's he's super dad right now, not Grandpa Dave. But um, you're you're exactly right. Uh, and Michael Hall too, right, Thomas? Yeah. Michael well, Hall is yeah, kind of in the Michael mix. Hall, but I think uh, some of the stuff coming across from Science Bob for what you're talking about right now, it is that situation. You need where, a heavy hitter, yeah. You know, uh, Danny Sheehan has the experience. He's he's had the lawsuits in the past. I mean, hell, he was on Watergate. He was part of the Silkwood trials, Iran Contra. If there's anyone who's been, you know, Oliver North trials, all the different. There's been a bunch of different constitutional yeah. trials that have happened across. Dude, what, what what lawyer? What lawyer? What lawyer is directly responsible for the terms? Under the First Amendment of the to the Constitution, uh, uh, 
anonymous informant and those kinds of things. What lawyer is responsible for that term being a part of every reporter's tool bag? Danny. Daniel Sheehan, when he defended the Washington Post and the New York Times and the release of the Pentagon Papers. Daniel Sheehan argued before the Supreme Court and got that term into every reporter's tool bag. He is the he is the lawyer, and he, he is going to make a huge deal. In, in March of this year, I'm sure I'm sure you saw it, Bob, with regards to everything that he was trying to bring across, and he pretty much outlaid the lawsuit and what he was going to do for bringing it across a lawsuit against the Department of Defense, the United States government for what's going on. But he also laid out the importance of community and how this needs to be talked about everywhere across the country and how we need to get this out there. And that's the one thing we haven't hit yet. It hasn't hit that mainstream conversation, whether that's Hollywood or some particular area. We need to find a way to get beyond just this fringe where we're at right now. There's one word. There's one word that everybody in government who's sitting on a secret is afraid of. And Daniel Sheehan will not sign any non-disclosure agreement when he begins to represent people. And the one word, the one word that all the people in government are afraid of is discovery. Discovery in a lawsuit has them crapping in their pants. And he would know where the bodies are buried. He knows enough people to know where the bodies are buried. Discovery is everything. And when lawsuits start happening, watch the watch the wall fall. Yeah. Wow. I go upstairs and my little guy, he's just been a gem since mama's uh, been away. And I go upstairs and he's already got himself tucked into bed. He's got his iPad on, everything all cozy in bed. He's just like, hey, dad, will you bring me my teddy bear? Because it was in my room i'm like yeah 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 wonderful cherish the days every every hour every every minute Uh, every second and anytime you ever need to step away from it that is the most important thing our audience can take care of ourselves but i'm i'm uh, jealous of what you've got going there dave phenomenal he's he's a good good kid good kid when when the story of the language that was written into those two bills is known uh, there will be a, a famous banking family who will be thanked forever for giving birth to the right man. We got one minute, guys. One minute. We'll get there. Only one minute left. My goodness. Mm-hmm. The uh, people I- do not understand what the importance of Mellon. He is so important. They've all changed their volume is what they're saying, the language they're using, how they're coming out against stuff. They've all been quiet with regards to the UFO report. And you just have to say, what's up? They're waiting, they're waiting on, the, they're on the final language in the bills and to see what's signed into law. Because until it becomes law, it is a nothing burger. But still the law we have, there's no teeth in that law for enforcement like in Canada right now. All right, gents, we got uh, 25 seconds. I want to say thank you to Bob and Lala times two for the Super Chats tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on Spaced Out Radio each and every night. And thank you to everyone who's given us a thumbs up 
so far. If you haven't already, we always like to top 100 or so. It helps us with the algorithms on YouTube. It helps us grow. Here we go with the second half hour, everyone. Second half hour of Space Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much enjoy earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives. All you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We're continuing on with the SOR Roundtable, which we do the, near the end of each month, to hang on out and tell everybody what's been going on in the month that was. And it was heavy into the UFO world this month. Joining us tonight from the UFO Report here on Spaced Out Radio, we have Tim Senor, researcher Tom Whitmore from UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges from Disclosure Tonight. We call him Little Tommy Fessler around here. And Science Bob, Dr. Bob McGuire, joining us from Science Bob and Friends. And gentlemen, we are going to get into the entire uh, SCU here. And the SCU stands for the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies. And Science Bob, I know you are a member of this. But Tim and I got into this the other night when uh, the SCU uh, released some reports out that weren't really highly publicized, you know, outside of their own social media, you know, which I find disappointing. But, hey, when you don't have a, a press person who's actually worked in the press, what do you expect? So uh, that's my little shot over there, over the bow, and Bob knows what that's all about. But nonetheless, the SCU, in my opinion, gentlemen, is the only scientific organization that I feel that is actually going to be, or could potentially be, if they shifted their focus, the real voice to the public regarding this. We've seen uh, the To the Stars Academy come through back in 2017, they were all about themselves. They didn't care about ufology, which Lou Elizondo actually came out and said that was one of their biggest flaws and problems that they made. And I believe Jim Semivan admitted that as well. We've seen now the Galileo Project filled with spooks, filled with uh, scientists that are uh, all connected to the U.S. government in one way or another that have kind of... Uh, shunned the UFO crowd to do their own thing because it seems like Avi Loeb is more interested in doing uh, his project, so maybe he can get a Nobel Prize, all right, out of this. So to me, the SCU is really, or could really, be the voice of the people regarding this. We know it's not going to be MUFON. We know it's not going to be New Fork or any other UFO reporting agency. Uh, you know, where where should we start here? Let's let's start with Tom Whitmore here regarding this because I know you you keep your eyes open on everything. You know what do, what do you think uh, about that, Tom? Well, I think SCU has a very important role to play, and I'm 
I, I'm an SEU contributor. Uh, I was on the MUFON board for many, many years, and I'm not on the board anymore. I wouldn't go so far as to say that MUFON's not going to play a part in the public conversation. I know that they're, uh, that Dave McDonald and crew over there are going to be, uh, they've been uh, uh, eager to get in into the fray, so to speak. And, and Dave McDonald's gone up to Washington and spoken with several representatives up there. But I think that it's, the good thing about SCU is they do have more of a scientific orient, orientation. And the people on their, on their list, on their membership list or contributor list or board of directors, uh, many of them have uh, good scientific and engineering credentials. So I think that gives them a lot of, of, of credibility. Now, MUFON is quantity. They have over 100,000 citing reports in their database. But SCU is quality. They'll do, you know, two, three, four reports, and they'll be 200 pages long. And they've, they beat, they've looked at the problem in, in a scientific perspective, and they beat it to death. Okay, and I think that's good for credibility. So I think they have a, they definitely have a role to play. All right. You, you know, one of the big things that I see happening here, guys, is the fact that from a UFO fan point, all right, which is what we do, many of us podcasters, YouTubers, radio show hosts uh, do, is when we look at it, or at least when I look at it from a journalistic point of view, I don't see any of these people really supporting the public at large. To me, it seems filled with agendas and 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 filled with with people who, you know, they have an interest in this. They want to learn the science, and that's great. But I don't think that that really supports the UFO world. How can the SEU do both, if at all possible? Science Bob, you're a member of the SEU. I'm, I want your opinion. You've muted yourself, Bob. Sorry, the scientific and engineering expert inside of SCU is top notch. It's wonderful. However, the scientific and engineering expertise being top notch does not give them access to the one thing you need in order to do things. Data. If you don't have access to the data, you can't make you cannot make theoretical hypotheses that can be tested by experiment. So until SCU is granted access to the data that is hidden all over government and in corporations, which are being allowed to exist and control data under unacknowledged special access programs, SCU is hamstrung. So when uh, when funding happens for the people inside SCU to take time off from their day job and work on actual data that comes from the coffers of government and corporations, then SCU will do as good a job as especially if they do not have chains wrapped around their arms and legs and gags put over their mouths. Bob, the one thing that I would say, though, is in regards to what you're saying, that right now they have chains and gang gags in their mouth for many of them okay and i was talking to rich hoffman earlier this week and he's enjoying a vacation in australia right now when he gets back after january 4th or 5th he wants to come on the show and i'm going to ask him this i'm going to press him on this because 
I think SEU and their game plan, as much as it's great for what they're doing, I think their game plan is wrong. I do. Th- they have a they have an opportunity to be the scientists of the people for this topic, which could push disclosure further. Okay, I realize that they do have some uh, alphabet agency scientists in there. Gary Nolan, yourself, Bob, being formerly of uh, of the CIA and NRO. Okay, I understand that, and I can appreciate that. But I think the SCU, if they looked at taking a completely different direction than what the Galileo Project is, is trying to build, I think they would win. And here's the other part that I would say is I, I believe that if the SCU, you know, wanting the nuts and bolts of everything, which is understandable because, you know, that's what you science geeks like is nuts and bolts and, and all the lasers that go in between, all right, there are enough scientists on there that have opened their mind to the entire phenomena. And if we opened up to that, Bob, if we got in there and dug deep and they got the support of the UFO people outside of the ones that are trying to pull the wool over their eyes, I think the SEU would have more success. I completely, completely and totally agree. And the one thing that I believe was going to actually help all of us is citizen science enabled by technology that people in the EU can propose and have built based on funding from donors, which are out of sight of the control of government, so that if you get actual data that you can trust, you can trust where it came from, you can trust the quality with which it was gathered, and you do not need multi-billion dollar pieces of equipment to gather enough scientific data that you can believe in if it's done by citizens of the world rather than the United States government, SCU with its people from all over the world can do the job. I just have to jump in one little bit, no matter how much data they get, no matter how much stuff they have, unless they have someone who can handle PR, who can handle the message, they're going to fail horribly because to take a video out there and to go ahead and put it on YouTube like they did today and have a 30 second, a 30 minute blank video going in the background where they're just basically going and just leaving it blank and you're waiting for something to go ahead and show up, whether it's a few minutes later. You know, a few inches later, you know, all the different kind of stuff that goes on with SpongeBob to a degree, you're just getting into it. And you just have to look at it and say, what are they doing? Do they have the right people? Do they know how to delegate? Yeah, but Thomas, okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because a good friend of mine is on the board of directors of the SCU and their press person. I'm not going to mention him by name. OK, right. but I'm going to I'll say it right now. Everybody has bitched and complained up to me or about me stating that people need to check credentials. When you have a fake journalist who is your PR person and has sold himself on being a journalist and knows how the PR works, you would think, as I mentioned to my friend on the SCU board, that you guys would have done your homework in learning or bringing in a proper press person. Right. I, and I said... Well, a proper, pre- a proper, proper press person not work for Teal. 
delegation is the key. And if they don't know how to delegate and if they don't know how to change a decision when it's wrong, they'll never get anywhere because it shows the organization is dysfunctional up front. Just looking at it from a media production perspective of outreach and everything. It's not just about research. It's about getting the message out there, Dave. Sorry. But let, let me finish my point here, guys. Okay, it's this, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'll take the bullet on the hill here for this one. Okay, the point that I'm getting at here, gentlemen, is this: there are people in the UFO field who have made a career on lying on their resume, a career, you know, and they've made a ton of money off of this through conferences, conference appearances, book deals, television shows, documentary appearances. All by lying on the resume. Now, there are a lot of people out there who will say, hey, citizen journalism is what social media is all about. But if you are going to be the press person of the SCU, know how to write a press release. Why are you not getting out there? Why since 2017 when the TTSA launched up, have you not been getting your... Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. At CDW, we get you can't lock up your devices. Your workforce needs the freedom to roam. Final morning call, flight 555 to New York. And wherever they go, productivity is key. But with Microsoft Surface devices pre-configured and deployed by CDW experts, you'll get multi-layered security and seamless experiences to help productivity really take off. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash surface. Or guys on television. They have just as big a voice as Galileo. They have just as big a voice as the TTSA, who you butt kiss to. Okay? This is this is wrong. This is wrong. Yep. And look, I know I'll never speak at that person's conference. I might go down there to check it out. I'll even pay the ticket because it's a good show. It's a big show. But stop lying about who you are, okay? Stop lying about your credentials. And that goes for anybody in this field. Because we want to see it succeed. My God, we want to see it succeed above and beyond all. You know, we can say different things that are just honest to God, truth, where it's at. But the only reason we're saying it, honestly... Hopefully, it didn't upset you, uh, Bob, is because we really care and we're passionate about the subject. And we want to oh, yeah. see SCU be, have the potential that they have and take the knowledge that they have and be able to get it out there to the masses. All right, let's go to Louis Borges here. I mean, you're hearing quite a, a lot of emotion out of many of us here regarding this. I mean, Louis, I mean, you're kind of new to the game. Uh, you've been studying for years, but the public game, you, you were quite new to all this. I mean, when you sit back and you look at everything that's going on, you know, what's your take on this? How, how, do, how does this impact what you're seeing? I think all of these groups get a lot of stones thrown. I mean, it's like UFO Twitter. Nobody is safe. And, I mean, we got a lot of this same heated commentary in the last two weeks because we had Avi Loeb on the show last week. So, and say what you want about Hamer Galileo Project, but we did our hour-long show. We did a little bit of chatting with him before and after the show. 
And at the end of it all, I genuinely believe he wants to be the guy to actually find hardcore, irrefutable proof, like the kind of proof nobody else has found. And he also said things like he doesn't believe it's going to come from government. It's going to be private money. And he was open and admitted that, you know, this new sea digging adventure he has was privately funded. Somebody gave him a million and a half, which covered the whole project. And that's what they're going to go do. So I don't think it's as nefarious as some people think. I think these guys, yes, they're trying to work on their career. I mean, he's a Harvard professor and doesn't want to go the way of John Mack and take risks. So, yeah, there's a little bit of ego, a little bit of self-preservation. But I genuinely believe that a lot of these people have good intentions. And he made a good point saying that I'm not going to touch declassified info, A, because I probably won't get it. But B, the reason it's declassified is the sensors that they use to capture a lot of this stuff are of a lot higher quality than people think or than they want to reveal to anybody. So, you know, maybe he's just very good at dumbing things down and, you know, working with the government and maybe they are funding it or who knows. But Avi gave us a public statement in the last three days that says exactly what he's after. He said exactly what he's after. He wants to find evidence of alien artifacts that are not in control of government, that are provably non-terrestrial. And if he does that, he's going to win a Nobel Prize. I mean, and that is, he said that. Don't believe me. Don't believe a word I say. Go read what Avi said. He said those words. And if he takes government money, it's now property of the government. So it needs to be privately funded if you want to keep it in that sector. Well, I mean, the idea, like getting this right back to normal, to where we were right off the beginning, I think, Thomas, we haven't gone to you yet on this topic, or have we? Did we go? Who hasn't? No. Okay, let's go to you, Thomas, on this. The SCU, in my opinion, like I said, has the ability that if they straighten out their game, they could be the real scientists of the public when it comes to ufology. And if they had a proper press person, they would be all over Fox News. They'd be all over CNN being quoted in the New York Times, which hasn't really happened to them yet. They haven't had their press break. And that is one of their weaknesses, the way I think about it. I mean, what do you think the SCU would have to do to be the scientists of the people? Well, number one, come up with a strategy for information and research, like Gary Nolan was just talking about in his latest interview up on there, which sat on someone's desk for so many months that a person shouldn't be handling that anymore, just saying. But when when Gary was going and talking about this, it's setting up a way of just like mirroring what we've got going in cancer research. We want to solve a problem. We want to figure it out. We take all the information as soon as the information is coming in and share it with everybody. Get it out so we can all try and figure this out. Take a Philadelphia experiment or a way for us, you know, the way we've looked at stuff to try and figure out cancer and other things and mirror what works. Taking this compartmentalized national security method is doing nothing but empowering China from where we're going to go towards. But as far as the overall media, the the opportunity, if someone is in the right place, just reach out and say, you know what, I'm over my head. And, you know, and I'm sure there's more than enough people who come around and want to help and help them get to where they need to, because if they want to become the darling of the public, 
they have to get the message. They have to get the FaceTime. They have to get the one-to-one thing to reach out to people and connect those little 30-second, one-minute, if you want to call it clips, when people say those amazing things in their conferences, to grab that and put it out there in front of everybody so everyone says, wow, look at these people who are involved with it, and how can we get involved, and how can we all you know, help these people to get to the place where we need to go? Little Timmy Senor, let's get your opinion. Yeah, no, I, I love what I'm hearing from everybody here. Um, and especially Dave, I kind of heard your <clears throat> your opinion has flipped a little. You sound like you're open and uh, a little optimistic. Oh, no. Um, no. Don't, don't give me that much credit. <laughs> Do not give me well, that much credit yet. Well, we've both spoken to Richard Hoffman, and um, I think that you get a general understanding of what their goals are. And I think what you say is that, um, and what I'm hearing you say really clearly is that there's a few things that they're lacking. And some of that could be perhaps um, kind of like what Gary Nolan is looking into. They don't have any research into the psychology aspect or perhaps even the philosophy aspect. Um, And so maybe that could be part of a little bit more of what is for the people, people that suffer from things that are a little more up close and personal Um, because that is a tougher thing to research and you have to start with the psychology. Right. But um, you know, that could be something that they break into. Um, And also I think Thomas made a great point saying that they needed a a public strategy for their research. I think that's absolutely valid. Um, Any organization needs to do that, um, you know, with a very clear position and a website that is easy to operate. And um, I was extremely excited to see their new information, Um, anything towards disclosure. I think that's transparent. They gave quite a bit of data behind their research, the rubber duck video analysis they finally came out with. The one thing that I would say is perhaps my opinion on all of this was just that, it was a little disappointing that we had to get um, the representatives to kind of have to back off and not really present a strong case. Like this is just our first run at it. Um, please understand this is just an opinion based on data. Like what, and I, and I think even Thomas was saying that we need a really strong, bold foundation of information that the whole public can just go to and know it as fact. Can't be wishy-washy. We need to deliver it in a very demonstrative fashion because it needs to be taken seriously because we are going up against quite a big Goliath, you know, that doesn't want this out in the public. This data is being held tight to all of the other organizations that already have it in the know. So if it's been shown through Galileo Project, we've seen nothing from them. However, here we are with the SEO showing their work. We need more of that. We we do need that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here because we only have two minutes left. Okay. Every one of these groups, these power groups that have come out, one of the first things they do is they eliminate the UFO public. They eliminate the experiencers. They eliminate the people who have been doing this for 50 years. They eliminate everything. They don't want to touch that subject with a 10-foot pole. The SCU, if they wanted to gain any traction whatsoever outside of their own little scientific community, they have the opportunity, an amazing opportunity, to get the entire UFO world on their side 
They have the entire world. And all they have to do, guys, is listen to the people. Because this isn't just about nuts and bolts. This isn't about power systems. This isn't about gravitation. This isn't about going to the moon or Mars or or Venus or wherever. This is about remembering that there are real people having real experiences that just want to know why. Why them? And when the when any group out there starts to include the public saying, we want to solve your why me questions, the public is going to follow along like anything. And I don't think that is too optimistic. I think the two have a blending point that we've refused to try and find up until now. And when we do, it's going to be great, guys. It's going to be great. But it's going to take somebody, a shift in focus from a group like the SCU to come along and say, this is where we need to go. We have millions of people on this planet who want to know what was those lights in their bedroom? What was that being in their room? It's not anecdotal. The stories may be anecdotal, but the but the stories are also very true and very vivid to those people. We have Science Bob McGuire. We have Thomas Fessler from Disclosure Tonight, from UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges, from the UFO Report, Tim Senor, and the man, the myth, and the legend, Tom Whitmore, researcher. When we come back on Spaced Out Radio, has Canada figured out disclosure? Let's find out when we return on Spaced Out Radio. All right, boys, we're clear. Okay, so one of the things I'd like to cover, Dave, when we get a chance are two words. You mentioned one of them, and others have mentioned some, but I want to emphasize. The two words that matter are experiencer and immunity. And when when given the opportunity, I will explain why those two words are critically important to following what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, This is a great show so far, guys. Great show. I'm very very happy to be here. I'm trying to be not me. It's just who I am. I'm, I apologize if I do, but I try to keep it. Oh no, we're passionate. Look, dude, dude we're passionate. If you if you're not passionate, don't don't be here. Yeah, exactly. I'll be right. I'll be right back, guys. I gotta go check on my boy. We'll dad, super dad. We got it. Absolutely, Tim. It's good to see you, buddy, my friend. Yeah, it's great to see you. It feels like a couple days ago we were hanging out. Yeah, it's deja vu. It's nice. We even look at this. We color match tonight. You know, we exactly, you know, I, I actually I just had my usual flannel on and everything before the show. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just put it on the whole thing. But I have a, a regular white t-shirt on underneath. So I had a button <laughs> to the top, which I never, ever usually ever do. I love it. I think it's great. I just happened to throw this on, but it was one of those things. I was like, wow, look at that. We all match tonight. That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know, it shows we're connect. You know, there's so many synchronicities that all of us go through and what people don't realize just, you know, we all have things that make us special for who they are. And when you can take some of that stuff and pass on some of the stuff we share that it can truly make a, uh, 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 
a difference in someone's life. So if you ever get that feeling, that idea of something that comes to you, don't be afraid to pass it on to a friend or somebody you care about because it may be something that they need to know. And I've learned that stuff comes from beyond and you just have to go with it. Yeah. I have a question that I was going to ask you the other night. And since it's just you and I, I'll I'll chuck you a little woo. Do you think that um, if like ET is real and they can potentially even look like us or a hybrid version of us. Do you think that it's info? They have, they have infiltrated our government and are controlling it within potentially something that like deep and like massive a concept. It, it depends on once you have someone who's connected and gone out and tried to connect on a consciousness level, you just have to understand, is there a stickiness to it or is it something that spreads along like a virus, like we've heard around in some other kinds of, kinds of aspect. And that particular perspective, you're looking at something where, you, like back when we had the virus going along, you would see all the dots going along and seeing something spreading around through everything. We just have to, we don't know of how it works, what it exactly does, and how pervasive that network of communication truly is. You didn't even get close to my question, but that's cool. <laughs> it's probably best because it's pretty like, yeah. Um, no, well, it just comes down to it. If we, if we want to look at, do they have a connection? Do they have an ability to go ahead and control humanity or pass on information or give us inspiration or ideas? Maybe that we have the, something called the left coast because we have a bunch of things that are flying out of the ocean over our shores in a long period of time and it's moving the mindset of humanity in a suggestive way that's something that's more slower than you know instant right i don't know well if it was a benefit it would just seem like it would have been an easier thing why would they cover it up if it was a benefit like you know what i mean it was obvious depends on who it's a benefit to if it involves money it involves because remember what we've learned is every single person who's in Congress gets a lot of money that comes in from lobbyists, and those lobbyists represent corporations and views on stuff. And if things are going to come up to vote, Washington's going to go ahead and vote in the area where they're getting the most money because they want to keep that coming in. It's just the American voter can't accept money to go ahead and vote. For a politician, but our politician who passes the laws can accept money to influence how they vote. Doesn't that right. sound backwards? It does. But that's also why I love guys like Tim. Well, I love Tim Burchett right now because he's literally explaining what happens during those meetings. Like if right. you didn't and know that there's favoritism, listen to him talk. Stronger voice. And honestly, if there's anybody in Congress, out of anybody who we have in the House and the Senate, if there's one person who is talking the line of Ruel Zondo, flat out, following what he said, believing what he said, what he came forward with, I would put the hat on Team Lou on Tim Burchett, 100% more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Hey, look who it is. Hey, guys, you know, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to say congratulations, Dave. Love you, my brother. Thank you. Look at this guy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I get to meet him tomorrow. Hey, by oh, the way, we, we got to tell our audience that Dirty Filth's calendar, his cartoon calendar, 
has come on out. Hit up Dirty Filth or Filthy.com for uh, your calendar. And he actually got Filthy.com? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's got to be worth a lot. Yes. Grant, are you sticking around or are you? Nope. I just wanted to put something in the private chats for you guys because I think you're doing a great job. And I, I have the kids out here right now. One's eating Takis, and I'm just spending a little bit of father kid time Ooh, with them. Right. And the bike, so. We got to say goodnight to you then, man. We're on in seven seconds. Here we Love go. Love him. Here we go, guys. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway with the roundtable. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 20,000 subscribers before the end of the year. We're at... You're so close. We're at... How, nine, many are you, how many do we need to get? We're at 19,547 as of showtime. 947. That's only for... Gosh, that's like uh, 30 freaking three votes. I mean, 33 additional people to come on. That's not that many. If you anyone know anybody out there who hasn't checked out Spaced Out Radio, share it on your freaking social media. Share it to your friends. Ask someone to get in. Anything we can do to help Dave. I mean, the price of admission here is uh, pretty reasonable, if you ask me. Hey, that's why Thomas runs telethons right there. Thomas Fessler, the telethon master. Where are we going? Higher. Where are we going? Higher. Ring those oh, phones. You know, we're so close. Ring those phones. Come on, buddy. Help. If you're watching the show, you haven't hit the subscribe button, do us a favor. Reach over, make a difference right now. And give Dave a thumbs up. And if you're giving him a thumbs down, at least tell him why. He deserves it. Hey, uh, the Desert Clam has set the password for tonight to the SOR Space Travelers Club. Vacky. Vacky is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the SOR Roundtable from UAP Studies Podcast. We have Louis Borges, Tom Whitmore, a regular on the Roundtable, researcher extraordinaire from the UFO Report, Tim Seedord, Dr. Bob McGuire, known as Science Bob around here, and from Disclosure tonight, we have Thomas Fessler. Now, gentlemen, there's been a lot of news coming out of Canada regarding UFOs recently, and, you know, the one thing that I'm going to give a lot of credit to is member of Parliament Larry McGuire, who refuses to drop this subject. And I'm going to tell you right now, and this may sound controversial, especially to our American guests and listeners, and the majority of our audience is in the United States. But I think that Canada is on the precipice, if they continue, to be leaders in the disclosure movement, the true disclosure movement and let me tell you why and then we'll get the panel to to come on in here canada wants nothing to do with 
a threat narrative. They want their ty- uh, their their top scientist, Dr. Niemer, to come on in and study these craft and the effects that it has on our air uh, our airways, what the alphabet agencies, the RCMP, the DND all have in reports. They want to bring them all together under one roof. They want these reports to stay. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and LO1 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Hey, the balance in my free checking account earns more than options like CDs and without tying up my money. Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary. Stay scientific. They want these reports to know uh, from citizens to military what is happening. The Department of National Defense has come out and told members of parliament that there is zero threat narrative to Canadian skies and Canadian airways regarding unidentified flying objects. And to me, this is a huge contrast as to what is happening down south with the threat narrative continuing to be pushed. And we're going to get into that a little bit more later. But let's start with you, Louis. You're my fellow Canadian here on this subject. And I really do believe that Canada is taking the steps necessary in order to try and bring disclosure, maybe not to just the Canadian people, but properly they could be a leader in this field as they were in the research in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, I agree. I think they're treading lightly, A, because we know our place, and B, because we just don't have the data that our American friends do. Um, But Grant Cameron has been really instrumental with that, too. He was on our show a few weeks ago, and he basically told us a story that he heard of Lou Elizondo, Sean Cahill, Chris Mellon, speaking with people in the Canadian government, trying to sell the threat narrative. And the Canadians were more like, you know, we're not so gun-toting up here. We're kind of like, hey, 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 let's, let's step back and take a scientific look at it. And as soon as they realized that was the summation of it all, they were out. They didn't want to be involved. And again, when you're military, that's all you know through and through. So I get that. It's conditioning, it's training, it's a mindset. But I I, I do like the fact that at least the Canadian government said, hey, you know, we can stand on our own, appreciate your input, but let's take a look at it scientifically first, then establish if it's a threat. And uh, I think we use the word threat narrative a lot. Um, that means different things to different people, whether that's a threat of, uh, you know, an invasion or just a threat because pilots might be ha- behave erratically if they don't know that something's potentially there. So, um, yeah, I'm more of a believer of not a threat. I mean, I think if if we were going to be enslaved, it would have happened already. And I don't think these things, you know, have the characteristics they do are going to accidentally take out a, an airplane. So that's sort of just my personal opinion and my two cents on that. Science Bomb, I want to go to you on this because you have worked uh, closely with me on this. You've worked closely with uh, Grant Cameron on this and Nicole Sackage as well. And I want to kind of get your opinion regarding this because you were kind of in the middle. You you were the one who kind of went explosive on this when those talks uh, went from 100 miles an hour hitting a brick wall to zero. Yeah, look, so, so 
um, without outing any names, the people the Canadians brought to the meeting, just like you and Louis said, their responsibilities inside the Canadian government were only science. They, they, don't, they didn't have the authority to represent the Canadian government or the parliament or the citizens of the Canadian uh, uh, country in any matter concerning threat or military. They only had authority to speak to and care about science. So when Lou and Sean, et cetera, came in and had what wanted, wanted their threat narrative, they found they had no willing partner because they did, the people were talking to them had zero political stance, zero power in anything except science. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's just leave it there. No, and you're exactly right on that. And, you know, the idea behind it is this. I think that the group that came and talked to the Canadian members of parliament really didn't understand how uh, a parliamentary system works. You can be in opposition, but it means nothing. The, the voted-in power, which right now is Justin Trudeau, who's making another mess of this country as we speak, but that's for a different day. He is, um, it's his team that we know have been read in on this by members of the UAP task force as of February of this year. We also know that Trudeau first learned about this subject from former Ambassador David McNaughton back in 2019 when him and former Defense Minister Harjeet Sajid were read in on this uh, a number of years ago. So we know this has been going on. We know the Canadian Liberal Party is very, very astute about this UFO subject. That being said, the scientific aspect has proven so far in Canada to catch the ear of Dr. Niemer, Canada's top scientist. And she wants to build a, not a task force per se, but what she wants to do if this goes in front of Parliament, is she wants all of the alphabet agencies from the RCMP right to the DND, NAV Canada, and everyone in between, including CSIS, our spy agency, to put all of their files under one roof for study. Study by scientists, study by the police, study by the military, and study by the public. And to me, gentlemen, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to. I want to say, if the budget that the Canadian Parliament passes only empowers them to study science, that's the the military and the others can't spend a nickel on it. Okay, so it's it's the way the parliamentary system works. It depends on the government and its parliamentary supporters uh, uh, to to say what they can, what, what their area of responsibility and interests are. That's the way it works because the parliamentary system is the people in power and controlling the agenda are the people, the Canadian people have voted into office because that's the way the parliamentary system works. Yeah, but it comes down to the people and it comes down to getting people out there excited about stuff and what's going on. You take someone like uh, James Blackwood here, who's a UFO experiencer. He's part of the RCMP. He's going ahead. He's got like a a uh, 
channel on YouTube with millions of subscribers that goes out there watching him going ahead and feeding the raccoons that he's doing as a tribute to his, his wife that passed and asked him before she passed, please take care of the raccoons. And he's, you know, but he's someone who's experienced. There's, there's, he's got a story that's out there, the images of what he had experienced at the time. It's taking the people we have in Canada and using them to get to the public, because if you can't get to the public, you can't sway the government. The other person you have is Dr. Don Dandari. He's a psychologist. He's worked on NASA programs and everything. And he'll get out on, on, on Fox and local affiliates and saying, yes, we have UFOs in our skies. Some of those UFOs are piloted by you know, extraterrestrials or whatever they are. And some of those in those, pl- in those, ob- in those objects go ahead and abduct people. And they do what they do. So we have some great people in Canada who can get the message out, who can connect with the populace. And if we can sway the public opinion, that's what we need. Absolutely. I can say a lot of people in Canada don't know about this. Like our own audience for UAP Studies podcast is primarily American. Then it's the United Kingdom, then Australia, and then Canada. So even being a Canadian-based show, they're our fourth audience. And most of our friends and acquaintances, we chat about this stuff. They don't know anything. You know, they have an opinion on the UAP, you know, phenomena, but they don't really know much about what's going on unless they're uh, an enthusiast. Far, far fewer than a lot of other countries, I find. Very true. And and our media up here outside of CTV now catching on, thanks to Daniel Otis, has done a piss poor job of making this happen i have gone on many radio shows right across canada to discuss this topic and here's the funny thing the hosts will ask me everything about what's going on in the usa but when i try and turn that subject to that you know this is happening in canada you know that there are research there are research projects going on as we speak by members of parliament they immediately turn the subject back to the United States, that this is an American problem, not a Canadian problem. It's horrible journalism when it comes to it. But, hey, the, we're still dealing with little green men up here and and, uh, and X-Files music. That's what we're dealing yeah. with. We haven't graduated past that point yet. Uh, Tim Senor, let's get your opinion on this, because we discussed this on the UFO report. Do you see a big difference about what Canada is doing in the way they're handling this subject comparatively to what's happening in the USA? Um, well, I do. So typically the United States takes a position of defense where Canada really hasn't done that. They've more or less taken a, an observant stance and a scientific approach. So I think that's definitely one step that's different. Also, it sounds like there's a little bit more of service by committee going on in Canada on this topic, which can delay sometimes things when you're working in committee form, but um, it's definitely being discussed. I think it's interesting. However, I definitely feel the world does turn to the United States when it comes to topics on this or, you know, this nature right now, at least, because how we react to it is kind of how the rest of the world takes that topic as well. We've seen China come out with a task force. We've heard publicly about other countries that are looking into it. Um, Some of the things I do find frustrating from the public uh, organizations such as Galileo, some of the representatives may seem like they'll say one thing and then do the exact opposite within the same sentence. So Avi was like, I'm not going to look at anything other than our own work. And then immediately 
takes a look at our um, Ukraine video and dismisses it. Uh, and this is other people's information. And potentially that was a top secret, you know, virt- version of that video that he was looking at. So that kind of went right against something that he had said that he wasn't going to do. So I find that frustrating when I see some of these public organizations getting involved in things they say they're not going to kind of was my upset moment when I realized that SETI may not be representing the way that they had said they were going to. So it is an interesting topic to see coming from Canada. I'm definitely watching it. People like Daniel Otis are really important and yourself, Dave, um, and UAP, I'm sorry, you have uh, quite an extensive reach with your podcast in the United States. So um, don't think that it's just those countries. I'm sure, you know, other people are going to be looking. The whole world is going to be looking for answers as this topic gets hotter and hotter. And ultimately, there's no right or wrong answer. And so I don't think anyone knows where to look right now, to be completely honest. Well, let's go over to Tom Whitmore here, who's been watching this subject for decades. Tom, Canada, U.S., is there, you know, I'm not trying to be Canadian and sit here and say that, hey, we're doing it right, you guys are doing it wrong. I'm not saying that at all. There's a lot of brilliant information on both sides of the border. But if the Canadian military, Tom, is saying there is no proven threat narrative to be concerned of in Canadian airspace. That contradicts what's happening in the USA as well. Well, there was an Air Force narrative uh, during the 1970s after they closed down Blue Book. Uh, If you wrote a letter to uh, DOD or the Air Force and asked about UFOs, they would come back and they'd say that they have found that UFOs do not present any threat to the national security of the United States. Okay. But I'm looking at this, uh, this tweet from Daniel Otis, uh, where he says, thanks to questions from Manitoba member of parliament, Larry McGuire, Canadian government officials are now contacting the U S department of energy and the U S nuclear regulatory commission to discuss an identified aerial phenomena. I think that's really interesting. Um, that That's a little bit different than normally what the things that we think about. And I wonder if, if we, as UFO people, are barking up the wrong tree by going to the Air Force and the Navy. Maybe, maybe a lot of this is in the Department of Energy. I, well, I know that Larry McGuire first jumped on this subject because... Tom, he is the national critic for nuclear energy in Canada. And he had been tipped off that there had been UFOs sighted and videoed over these nuclear facilities at least three times on video. And so when he brought that up to the standing committee, what he did was he asked them about it point blank and then asked in a follow-up meeting whether or not they have contacted their American counterparts to see if they have any issues with UFOs being sighted over nuclear facilities. You know, we know that it was happening right off the bat when it came to um, nuclear missile silos in the 1960s and 70s. Okay, but they wanted, because Canada doesn't have any nuclear weapons, we're a nuclear-free zone, 
they wanted to, with the sightings over the energy facilities, that's where he got the door open. That's how he got, was able to get it into the public eye, was that story right uh-huh. there. Yeah. And it's part of our mythology, part of our UFO narrative. It's almost an article of faith that the UFO uh, entities are interested in our nuclear facilities. Uh, I think I think there is some evidence for that, but I also think that it, it might be a little bit overblown. It could be. It could very well be. But the idea behind the threat narrative to me is once again about scaring people and about money. Fear brings money. Okay, it's like all of these ghost shows on television. We're going to talk about that in the next half hour. All of these ghost shows all of a sudden are finding demons everywhere, whether it's under a couch pillow, whether it's under the kitchen table, uh, you know, stashed away in the stove. Demons are everywhere. You know, we got to fear this. It's the same thing as what's happening with UFOs regarding what we are seeing. And to me... That narrative doesn't work, but we do know one thing. Fear brings budget science, Bob. Sorry, I have, I have a ton of points I like to make, so let's just deal we with have that. three minutes. Yeah, to, to just deal with that particular one. So I want to deal with two things, energy and uh, this fear thing. Um, several of us who are very, very interested in the study of consciousness and our perceptions of reality through our consciousness. And our followers of Donald Hoffman who claim that we live in an illusion, but that is presented to us by our perceptive analysis of the sensory systems that are in the human body. And so if, if your mind filters everything you see through a fear narrative, your consciousness will interpret all of this stuff as as, as, as a threat. So uh, the the I believe the phenomenon presents to the individual whose consciousness is being uh, inundated by data as a thing that flows through these biases into their perception. If they believe it's a threat, they're going to see something like a threat. I just that, I believe that very strongly, knowing a bunch of experiencers the way I do, and the, and and we also know that the military people who've gone to Skinwalker Ranch and other places like that, they left with a ton of problems, medical in nature. These have been studied by Gary Nolan and Kit Green and others, and so and Gary Nolan is also a, a, a very very important in understanding the structures in the human brain that almost all experiencers share. And Gary's very important for multiple reasons. He has 11 major businesses based on patents he put out. And these major businesses that Gary started, he's sold every single one. Now, what that means to you is that Gary Nolan can find curiosity wherever it goes because he doesn't need a single person's money. And that's why he's talking about the metamaterials and what we're finding out and we have an atom of one thing next to an atom of another, next to an atom of another, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen before, and trying to get that information out there for everybody, but then again to share that so we can try and figure out why. 
I'll say one more, one more thing before we run. And the energy business is they're showing interest in the energy. Why are they showing interest in the energy, the nuclear energy? Why? This is a scientific question since they present no major threat to any of these nuclear industries. They're interested. Why are they interested? This is a scientific question. We need hypothesis that we can test. On that yeah. note, gentlemen, I'm going to cut you off right there because when we come back on Space Out Radio with the Roundtable, we're going to get into paranormal television here for a while. You know, why is it always the same show, the same locations, but just a different name and different ghost hunters? Where's the imagination? Is there only like six haunted places in the United States? We'll find out more on the panel when we return on Space Now Radio. So today, uh, our illustrious Prime Minister, uh, without going to debate on the House of Commons, uh, put o- uh, an over 400-page report on banning hunting rifles in Canada. So they only want single-shot rifles and shotguns to be legal. So if you have a gun that, say, has a... a now, in Canada already, you are only allowed to use clips that have five bullets in them. Semi-automatics are not, are not legal. Automatic rifles up here are not legal. He is specifically targeting legal, law-abiding hunters and i'm saying this i'm not a gun owner guys okay i my sister was and my family was affected by gun violence okay and i'm not going to get into the whole uh gun debate or anything but this freaking scumbag that we have as a leader here who is going after innocent people who use those weapons to protect their farms to protect their livestock to protect or to go hunting for for food Okay, Canada doesn't have a lot of trophy hunters. Okay, and here we and here we go that we're going to ban another thousand plus weapons from entering the country or being built in this country for no reason, no reason, only to punish law-abiding citizens. And you know, I, I'm not a gun guy. I am not a gun guy whatsoever. Okay, but I can tell you this, this is getting more and more fascist or communistic up here, and it's getting scary because he did not even allow it to the debate. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and LO1 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. It's Black Friday at Lowe's. This season, save big on LG appliances, from refrigerators to ranges and more. 
Whether you're renovating or updating your kitchen, the LG four-piece kitchen suite has the quality you need and innovations like built-in air fry. Right now, get it for just $2,986. That's over $1,200 in savings. Plus, get free install on items $599 and up and free delivery on items $396 and up. Start saving now at Lowe's. Offer valid to 1130. Exclusions apply. See store for details. He did not allow what it for debate. Today, Parliament, when they're asking questions of Trudeau, and he was out there, and he was under, you know, they were asking him questioning, and they were specifically asking him. He got into the one spot. When he's going in and responding to something, he is clearly reading a teleprompter where the stuff is coming in word by word by word. And it's not him going and uh, testifying. There's someone else behind him that's giving him the words to answer the question. So it really just, I just hope we don't get the stuff in the United States with regards to the UAP situation, everything that's going on, because it's just like they're just trouncing over any kind of form of democracy or think there's any kind of overruling going on because they're in power. It's scary. It is. Scary. We lost that battle a long time ago. It is scary. We did. Here. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm done, dumbfounded. I'm done, dumbfounded right now. I mean, legal. So, Dave, listen, I, I, I can't emphasize enough. Before we end this show, we need to cover two words experiencers and immunity. If we want your audience to understand, we need to discuss those two things. Okay, we'll get to that here in the final half hour. We'll get to that. I, I just think that, for one thing, we have a mental health crisis in the West, definitely in the United States. And you couple that with the ability to pick up a gun or even a knife, and we have mass killings. And if we, if all of these mass killings, and I think we, it's been over 600 this year in the U.S., if those were caused by... Uh, Muslim so-called terrorists, we'd be so freaked out, we wouldn't know what to do. And I think the real threat to our security as, as Americans is this pattern of, of uh, mental health issues and mass killings. Well, we allow mental health issues in the way of all the drug addicts who are on the uh, streets of our major cities, living in tents, living in cardboard boxes underneath bridges. It's nothing we're proud of, but there's a rampant epidemic in the United States. We try to call it homelessness, but it's really not. It's rampant drug use. And when people are in that state of mind, they don't care if they live on the streets. Well, I I will tell you this, guys. Uh, We only got about 35, 40 seconds to go. I have zero problem whatsoever with how hard it is to get a gun in this country. I'm going for yeah. I'm going for my license, okay? I got to I got to go through a 2-day course to get two separate licenses and then my once I pass that test, I have to uh send that information away to the feds to make sure that uh I pa- they can see I pass and they're going to do a criminal record check on me, a mental record check on me. I'm very much okay with that, okay? But to strip law-abiding people of their guns, okay, when we have a real pandemic with handguns going into Toronto, illegally going into Toronto and Vancouver, okay? Here we go, guys. Hold on. Australia, one word.
past the halfway point of Space Town Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates and all digitally on TalkStream Live and KPNL and Odyssey Radio. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Let's just continue on with the roundtable tonight. We got Science Bob, Dr. Bob McGuire here. Thomas Fessler, who is dining on a can of tuna right now for disclosure tonight. Tom Whitmore, researcher. (laughs) Tom Whitmore, researcher. Tim Senor from the UFO Report. And from UAP Studies Podcast, we got Louis Borges. Gentlemen, welcome back. And we're going to get into the subject right now. We're going to change it up. Let's change the flow of this. Because one of my pet peeves, gentlemen, is paranormal television. Okay? And I'm using the paranormal as an umbrella term to cover the cryptids, to cover the UFOs, okay? Whatever it may be. Now... There are dozens of these programs that are getting, some get extremely good ratings that compete with NFL football. Others have been pulled off the air after a couple of episodes because they are just horrific television. But the one thing that I will say is this, where is the imagination for paranormal television? Have you ever noticed that all of these ghost shows go to the same six places Every season. Do we need more Bobby Mackey's on Route 66 or Waverly Hills? Yes, Waverly Hills or Brushy Mountain or Gettysburg or Lizzie Borden's house or Alcatraz. Or the penitentiary in Philadelphia. Exactly. That's exactly what what I'm saying. And all it is is they're doing the same show with the same investigation but the show has a different name and a different cast of characters i am totally despondent about this i haven't watched paranormal tv in years because it's the same damn thing each and every time (laughs) it's the same cheap technology you can get off of amazon or over over the app store and it's a big freaking production more of oh wow look what's going on versus actually really getting with people who have the talent because there's a lot fewer of those than we have of people who are doing the, of the shows. Yeah, absolutely, Thomas. And But tell me, my American friends, is there more hauntings in those six places around? Like, there's no imagination. There's no creativity. What about the Seattle Tunnels or the Shanghai Tunnels of Portland? It's heaven on earth, Dave. It's around us all, all the time, and you just have to have that awareness and understanding that connection. And there's a there's a lot in that old saying of heaven on earth. Literally, it's not that far away, and if you have that ability, that connection, it's all around all of us. But it's just being able to be have that awareness going from that little bit that Lou's talked about to when you have something that just opens you up to a lot more. And truly, um, there's a lot going on. There really is. Uh Let's let's go over to you, little Timmy Senor, regarding this because I know that uh, you're doing some filming on your own projects on your own here, and you know you got your fingers in a couple of fires that are going on. So when you've talked to people regarding television 
of our variety of topics. What's missing? Right. And so up until now, you're seeing mostly clickbait for television. You know, anything that's got a title that somebody recognizes, they're going to visit it because they know they're going to get something that they already expect, right? So it's really hard to package something new that's interesting. And so um, what was your question exactly? But I didn't, I definitely wanted to kind of comment on that. I'm sorry. Did well, I go off topic? A well, little? No, not really. I mean, you have been delving into this because you're doing your own filming and everything for a couple of, of documentaries and everything that you have going on privately. I mean, you, you're talking to people in this field. What is missing to make paranormal television fun again? Right. That's a great question. Um, I think reality, you know, is the big thing that people want right now. And perhaps maybe a little more of the method. So, you know, if you're getting a reading on a, on a device, explain what that reading is and what it means, rather than just like, I'm getting a mysterious spike and like, oh, that thing is going off in that room. Well, why is that happening? Is it, I mean, there's a little bit more than just supposedly a spirit being near it. Right. And there's a lot of other information that could be gathered. I, I think that the reality aspect is incredibly interesting, but I also think that maybe delving into places that haven't been looked into is really kind of the area that is interesting. And I know that you've been bringing it up in your Dave 101 lately and other places that you're kind of stomping your foot feeling that this is just kind of like a boring medium right now and it needs to get spiced up. And I think you're absolutely right. And I feel like the element of reality and perhaps less of the um, glitz and glamour and, you know, let's not hang a piece of fur on a tree and then have our quote unquote researchers all point at it like that is over. Like we don't need that. That's a disappointing aspect of discovery here plus and things like that, that we know these program pre-programmed, you know, the producers are pushing a narrative. They know how it's going to end. That's not interesting TV. Definitely not. Tom Whitmore, let's get your opinion on here because I know you're a television superstar signing autographs each and every day. You're walking through the streets of San Antonio, Texas. I mean, what, what do you think is going on with paranormal television? Have we got in a rut with television that, hey, this isn't broken? We've pushed the demonic phase now for the last eight years and it's working with ratings, so let's not break it? Yeah, well, when I got involved in the UFO field, I I watched UFO videos, and I was looking for them. Now, after 30 years, I don't, for generally speaking, I don't even watch UFO videos. Occasionally, something will come along, uh, you know, like a major production, uh, and I'll, uh, I might see that or we're asked to watch it as a UFO group or something like that. But uh, what happens is you you get into an echo chamber. And I, I believe that a lot of people think in the UFO public, they think that the government is watching what we do. But I think who watches what we do is Hollywood. They watch every little move we make. And there's been a younger generation of people come in, uh, especially since 2017 with uh, TTSA and all that. So you've got a whole new generation of people that maybe haven't thought about this or they're just getting into it. So that they're watching these videos that we've about subjects that we've seen a hundred times. 
you know, and we're sick and tired of it, but maybe the younger generation is, is not tired of it. Now I can't really speak for paranormal TV, but I think the same principle probably applies. Well, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It, it comes down to ratings. It comes down to what, uh, you know, those who are fearful of the unknown want to see. I mean, it's it's much like, you know, the, the television show Not Finding Bigfoot, where, you know, you hear somebody fart in the background. Well, that's a that's a squatch, you know, and we go through all this B.S., you know, of, of making fun of the subject, you know, bringing out drum sets to to bang on a snare drum. You know, I mean, it, it's terrible. It's terrible television. And, you know, Louie, let's get to you on this one. You know, because we've all watched it. We've all seen them. And have you tuned out paranormal television or is it still on in the Borges household? No, I've tuned it out. It's very clear that it's, you know, it's clickbait. It's for ratings. It's a business and it's trended more into the drama zone. And that's okay, but just be honest about that. Don't portray it as something that people think, you know, like every Bigfoot show ends the same way. They don't find Bigfoot. So it gets really frustrating after a while. It's just more of the same with, like you said, different name, different cast and characters. UFO shows are the same. Um, But I think nowadays, like, if you're not aware of sort of the algorithm of things and how clicks work and tags and all the rest, it's the difference between having a successful podcast or not. And that's on a very small level, you know, with basically nobody watching. So when you're a massive network, if you don't pay attention to that, you quickly go out of business without ratings. You don't have advertising. Without advertising, you don't have a show. So I think there's more there's more focus on the money aspect, as you know, unfortunate as that is. But I also see there are some shows now, like I think one is called Paranormal Caught on Camera, and it's not a cast of crew uh, of you know actors or whatever. It's just closed circuit TV footage, random people's security cams, doorbell cams, and it just presents weird things. You draw your own conclusion. So I've kind of trended more towards those type of shows. Just sort of give me the data, and what I do with it is my business. But I'm not so much into the dramatization of, yeah, that little stick noise that had to be a Bigfoot, you know, because of course it does. It's a Bigfoot show. And I think if you're an intelligent viewer, you kind of see through that. And if you like the drama of that, you don't really care. You're just watching the show because you dig it, and maybe you like the characters. They all have, you know, their own personality, and I'm sure research says that that's going to have a certain demographic, so... Well, I mean, it's working because they're still there. I mean, many sure. networks, whether it's Discovery or up here in Canada, T&E, have literally built a channel around paranormal television. And, yeah. hey, if they're making money off of it with advertising, go for it. Do what you want. But I would just like to see something original. You know, I mean, do we have to, like even on the UFO front, Bob, do we have to keep seeing Calvin Parker on TV or the Andreasen family that survived their encounter or Travis Walton or Betty, the story of Betty of Barney Hill? God bless Kathleen Martin uh, and her research. But do we have to keep seeing the same interviews with the same people, you know, on every documentary. I mean, no offense to Richard Dolan. I think he's a brilliant researcher, but does he have to be on every documentary? Does he, you know, do we have to have the same experiencers? There's new stories. 
that need to come out. There's new information that needs to come out. I'll be glad to fill in. Oh, I know you would, Tom Whitmore. You got that Hollywood look to you. Science Bob. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of the fear narrative being, being the front for every story that gets told by media. And it's this fear narrative where just before I said, what did I say? People who went to Skinwalker Ranch with a fear narrative looking for things to go wrong and be bad are going to walk away hurt. So when you go into a home and you think, ooh, something bad is here, they're being haunted. Guess what? You see bad things. You see demonic. You see the, the and what, what and places like Waverly and San Quentin and San Quentin and Alcatraz and on and on and on. Those were places of horror, and horror is what was what was left behind. And people that go there, they're expecting to see the remnants of all this horror. So if you want to hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Consciousness is perceives that's what you're expect to see. And that's what's going on in every one of these things. And television and Hollywood, etc., have found fear cells. Very true. Very true. I mean, it's much like a threat narrative in UFOs. Oh, gosh. Fear cells. It does. But negative thoughts ne- manifest negative energy. And not just that, humanity has an ability to leave its resonance around us. Maybe it's something with a magnetic field we have around our planet that lets it happen. You have negative entities, you have negative thoughts, you have the intention that's there, the connection that they make as a human as they're going through it. It leaves this residual stuff around that, yeah, we could say we're going for the stuff and looking for it. But sometimes you go to an area of high concentration, you go to open yourself up, yeah, you're going to find a lot of stuff because there's a lot of residual stuff left over from those being around and being in contact with the surroundings. Very true. Very true. But, you know, what does this say about the television producers, the television, you know, people who are pitching these stories. I guess it's much, to me, it's much like Hollywood these days. Hollywood rarely comes out anymore with an original film. Every, I mean, they seem to be remaking films more than they are, you know, trying to find new stories to bring out. And there are millions of quality stories that Hollywood could screw up and make into a movie. I mean, there's millions. And, and yet... We don't see it. I mean, remember The Conjuring was supposed to be a series of movies. We haven't seen a Conjuring movie in five years, right? Where'd it go? You're telling me there's only two stories that are out there? The Conjuring House and... Well, the Hayes Hayes brothers did a great job of writing two screenplays, and after that, whoops, the Hayes brothers are not writing them anymore, so they went right down the toilet. And I know that happens due to money and budget and trust and everything that goes on. It's an ugly business, television in the movie land. But where's the imagination, guys? Where's the imagination of going on? I mean, we can't be that boring. We are a fun... So I'll give you an example of where you can go. Steven Spielberg. 
He gave you ET, a positive uplifting story. He gave you Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a positive uplifting story. People came to it with this threat narrative, and it wound up being a beautiful, touching story in the end. Spielberg has some kind of inside information. He did. And I believe that because of the words Ronald Reagan is supposed to have said to Spielberg when close encounters in the theater in the White House. He said, if you change Devil's Tower to Holloman, you got the story, Stephen. Yeah. But Ray, actually, shut down close encounters. Right. You right. bring up a great point with this movie. Don't go ahead and put it out. But then again, Chris Carter from the X-Files, which is more recent, he had contacts within the CIA, at least it's purported at this point. I was just going to say that. And, and also initially the very first um, publishing of E.T., the novel, um, it coined the E.T. as a goblin. And the film was initially released, you know, as kind of the, you know, as a suspenseful, I think even as a horror film initially, you know, and, and when they rebadged it, they took out um, portions of it where they were aiming rifles at the kids and things like that. So you got to know that the media and changes with the times uh, art definitely reflects what's going on, but at the same rate, it is that fear factor that always sells things. Right. And if it's a money driven topic, what science Bob was bringing up here, he's absolutely a hundred percent right. If you're trying to sell something, address it with fear. There's that threat fear thing we're talking about with the airlines and what Louie was saying before, you can repeat it again, was that our people in the airlines just need the proper training and to understand what's going on, not to freak out. That's right. Yeah. They're not going to accidentally crash into one of our planes. If they have take care of your property with equipment you can count on like the Kubota BX and L01 series compact tractors part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup rated number one for reliability and Z series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You know, if you're moving 28,000 miles an hour, you have some technology. You're not just going to make it here and then take How a- much money people spend on TTSA? All out of fear. Yeah. No, they're just like... Oh, I don't know single plane crash that has occurred because of a UFO. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great pretext to get information from the FAA, you know, and to uh, sell, to and, to sell uh, and to sell defense contracts. Yeah. And, and money technology you should be investing in because it's a threat. Absolutely. How do we explain, how do we explain the race, the recent uh, UAP, the racetrack UAPs that Ben Hansen was um, talking about? We came out with the debunkers immediately ready to call it Star, you know, Starlink, which potentially a percentage is. But it goes back to what Thomas was saying about training, because if it is just Starlink that's distracting our pilots, 
we need to get them trained up on that. And they shouldn't have been wasting their time on UAP reports but that were just Starlink. UAP. Guys, one at a time. It's complete bunkum. It's complete bunkum. These pilots have Starlink apps on their phones. They can look at it and two milliseconds, say whether or not a Starlink. They're not dumb. They have all sorts of that on board and in their hands. They know what they're looking at is not Starlink. I can look on my phone and in three seconds tell you what Starlink is visible in my sky. These pilots know it's not Starlink. Yeah. Oh, they're smarter than that. Let's bring the wheel back to the television shows here for a second, because you brought up Ben Hansen. He has, you know, there's a gentleman who is on about his 19th different show of the same topic, much like Josh Gates, different network picks up. It becomes a different show with a different name, same travels all over the world. I want his budget. I definitely want his budget, but I mean, we can bring in new faces. We can bring in new topics, but, Will that bring in new ratings, in your opinion, Tim? Yeah, absolutely it will, because what we are doing is catering to a new crowd of people that are looking for that, right? So we know that everyone's interested in Waverly. We've got that crowd, right? But what we're looking for is perhaps a younger crowd, too, right, that's looking for the newer stuff. And, yeah, I mean, even the older generation is going to be interested in the new stuff, but the point is, is that we do need to inspire our young people through education, through, you know, entertainment. I think that's a big way because obviously we have the low attention span generation coming in right behind us. So catering to that, I think, is massively important um, because this baton has to be handed off in, a, in the right way, right? Because it is actually a very serious topic. And so whether it's any aspect of the phenomenon, whether it's ghosts or UAP and UFO or Bigfoot, it's the sort of thing that we need to make appealing, not just to a certain crowd that goes out and hunts it, but also to a new generation that needs to know about it as a potential reality in our history. Well, I mean, we're going to see two minutes to go, guys. Uh, Tom Whitmore, let's get your opinion regarding this, you know. If you were the executive director of a television show, what would Tom Whitmore like to see? I think you could make some great uh, series or great movies about uh, what we've heard as rumors in the UFO field over the years. You know, the Holloman landing, uh, a good uh, rendition of that. Uh, some good renditions of the stories that uh, abductees have been telling. Uh, some good uh, good renditions of what uh, uh, Richard Doty has described as uh, AFOSI people uh, investigating UFO cases. Real. Who's a good investigator going and talking to people about this stuff? And as they're hearing about it, having the flashbacks of the stuff you're talking about, Tom. Yeah, but it's too it's too sensitive, really. I wouldn't be surprised if you really now there was a. There was a representation of the Holloman landing in uh, UFOs past, present, and future by Robert Emmenager. But I think if you tried to do that today, I wouldn't be surprised if the government people came in and said, look, you know, this is this is too sensitive. Uh, please don't do this. Um, but I think well, there are they plenty. Said they, said they, substituted, they substituted the footage 
for uh, for what was really there was a piece of junk. The Eminegger film was going to be a major deal to disclosure. And the government came in, didn't want the story told, and they substituted footage, and Eminegger didn't have a choice. Well, I'm not blaming Robert Eminegger. I'm just saying that, that that's one example yeah. of what we've understood on the rumor level that would make a great could make a great film. Yeah. You know what I'd love this panel, Dave, if possible? What are they afraid of us knowing? Maybe. Maybe that's a subject for television that we need to know. But at this point, we are, going to move we are going to move on here because it is time once again for us to go. Hard to believe we're already through two hours of this great panel tonight. Thomas Fessler from Disclosure Tonight, Science Bob McGuire, Tom Whitmore, researcher from UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges, and the Tim Bit himself, little Timmy Senor from the UFO Report on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, experiencers and immunity. You having fun yet, Louis, for your first one? Yeah. Yeah, this is great. It's uh, nice to be a fly in a wall. I know these guys have a lot more uh, years of doing this type of thing, but yeah, I enjoy it. Again, I'm we're the guy that just interviews people. You know, we oh, pick yeah. the brains right, of Jacques Vallée. Go and, check out my boy. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're lucky to kind of reserve opinion and put these guys on the uh, on yeah. the record instead, right? Yeah, and, and more for me, I, I try to – I piss everybody off equally. That's why everyone loves me so much. You have to stay in that center and be willing to be able to look at things from different sides and be able to sometimes hit that center because – And sometimes you're so wrong. Like, I've changed my opinion. I've been into this topic for 15 years, been on a podcast for just over a year. But yeah. I've changed my mind so many times. And we interviewed Jacques Vallée, and we're like, hey, what do you want to tell everybody? He's like, suspend judgment. I've been wrong my whole career. So when you got guys like that with that level of humility, it's dangerous I want to make to know, a stand. Why in the heck, if you had such a cool boss in Israeli intelligence, why are you such a stick in the mud with yeah. regards to the, the non-human intelligence being on this planet? My God. That's right. Yeah. Did he say something to piss you off or did you just not believe the guy what he was saying? Because if anyone had that relationship and the ability to work with that guy, which he still can today. I mean, former Israeli intelligence yep. on both of their sides. Yep. Just a phone call away, and you know they talk. I'm going to go check on my 18-month-old baby. I'll be right back. Oh, there you go. Beautiful. I was there a lot. That's amazing. Time. Congratulations. Yeah, 27 years old, at least. Hey, Tom, can I ask you a quick question um, about um, kind of like, I, I know it's been a while, but when MUFON was, well, I guess let me rephrase it a different way. Does do you know if MUFON currently has like a the star team sort of thing that it used to have, where it has investigators aggressively looking into hot spots, not necessarily taking um, like an like uh, an investigation on from an like a case necessarily, but like going to hot spots and doing investigations like the star team originally did. You know, I. I guess I'm a little embarrassed because I can't answer that. I, I the ERT? Uh, ERT is it, right? Well, ERT is experiencers. Yeah, but never yeah. mind. That team That's That team different. goes out and investigates all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but let's, let's move off and move on and on to something else for Tom. So it's easy enough. It's. Uh, I was just wondering if they still 
did that sort of thing. Um, Cause I know that was a big part of that organization. Well, if you have a special team that can go anywhere in the country where, you know, you have a big, an important sighting and you have, you want to get in there on a short term basis that takes money. Right. I'm not sure they have a budget for that. Gotcha. Now they did, they did during the Bigelow, you know, phase, but that was only about a year. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then it became NIDS very rapidly. Correct. Oh yeah. And then on and on. Yeah. yeah. How about those Mets? Yeah, no, I was just curious. That's that's a shame. So NASA has a pretty cool rig that is supposedly tracking our aerospace. It looks like a much nicer version of what I'm doing, Thomas. I think I even sent you a photo. I know um, if Dave walks back in and hears us talking about NASA, he's going to blow a fuse. But what do you think about them looking independently as kind of we all are now actually investigating UFO? How is it uh, Let's look at the organization, any of the people who have been out there who have talked about potentially, hey, I've known about the images we have and what we do to airbrush the stuff out and prevent the stuff mm-hmm. and how we look through that kind of data on a regular basis. I like to see the, that beautiful woman come to the front of the line of the uh, whistleblowers to talk to Congress and uh, the ODNI with regards to what's gone on with the organization. I honestly think the organization has done potentially a big disservice to a lot of the different astronauts who have experienced things, who have been through stuff, and it's been through a bunch of lies of denial and everything else of look the other way. And that's got to be so hard for a lot of the people who dealt with this stuff and wanted to share it. And they did. They got discounted. They got freaking thrown under the bus, but they did. But either way, there was a lot of, that whole stigma that the CIA has been putting out and everything has just been propagated in the United States and really strongly since 1952 that uh, um, we have to get past in a lot of different ways. What do you think, Dr. Bob? Oh yeah. You're going to, you're going to hear me cover the single most important word in disclosure, the single most important word in disclosure. I'm going to cover immediately after we come back. People don't understand the import of this word, and I'm going to explain it to you. That's awesome. I just have to wonder, for the people who have had made that connection, has that changed us? Has that done an effect, done something to change time of what's coming in the future? That's the big question. There's a reason for everything. It's not just for freaking lab rats. Hey, there's little Jimmy Goodall in the chat room. No, really? Yeah. Hey, James, are you still in Hawaii? No, I think he's back. Yeah, look at Aloha Science Fly. Yeah, he's still in Hawaii. Oh, he always tosses us Aloha. I could go put he's on my swell guy. shirt and celebrate with Jim, but he's not he's wearing he's not going on. That man is full of Jim Goodall. He's one of the good guys. Hawaii, I think. I have it here somewhere. All right, we Jim. Jim, Jim, of course, is one of the best narrative tellers of of anybody you've ever met. People do not understand how unbelievable proud he is. Five seconds. I do. I can do Hawaii. Guys, quiet. Here we go. 
you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth, hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Vacky. Vacky is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Let's bring in the panel for the third hour here on the Mighty SOR's SOR Roundtable, which we do near the end of each month. Talk about the month that was in the weird and strange. Joining us tonight, Tim Senor from the UFO Report, Thomas Fessler from Disclosure Tonight, Tom Whitmore, researcher and multi-panelist, as well as from UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges and Science Bob McGuire, all here. And this is a topic that, is very close to, I know, both Thomas, myself, and now Science Bob, and that is experiencers. This is something that we need to get into because, look here, gentlemen, we are seeing a big circle being played in the UFO world regarding this subject. A year ago, year and a half ago, and past to the 2017, everything was Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China. Well, finally, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon stopped saying Russia and China and said this isn't a foreign adversary. This is something a lot more unique wherever it came from, basically saying it's alien descent of something. And now we are back to China and Chinese drones and China this, China that. China is getting into our airspace. Everything is about China now. Now, the experiencers in all of this continue to take the one-two punch from Mike Tyson when we try to speak up. Bob, I want to start with you because I know you're very passionate about this science, Bob. Let's get right into it. Let's let's jump in because there's there's stuff that people need to understand. Uh, Bigelow got involved in MUFON. And uh, he's been a major player in this, this this business for quite a while. And what did Bigelow do? He got all of the experiencer data. And what did he do? He sold it to government. So uh, the government has uh, involved themselves in all sorts of study of experiencers. Why? Why have they discovered experiencers? Well, I'll tell you what. Do you see the word experiencer in any of these two bills that are in front of Congress? The word experiencer is nowhere to be found. And I'll explain it to you carefully. The government showed lots and lots and lots and lots of secret interest in experiencers for years and years and years. And now you can't hear a single word of it. 
Why? They don't want you thinking about the word experiencer because, Dave, that's where all the answers are. They don't want you looking, Dave, because experiencers are where all the answers are and the people inside of government that don't want you looking know that. That's why you won't see these bills. That's why it keeps being deflected. That's why it keeps being made to look like people are idiots if they're experiencers because that's where it is. Consciousness and experiencers are where the answers are. Of course it is. Thomas, you're an experiencer, much like I am. Mm -hmm. You've been an experiencer since childhood, where mine happened in my 30s. Okay, but this is a subject that is sore to you. How do you feel about it? It is, and it's just something. It's kind of like we have a lot of UFO pictures that that come out there and a lot of videos and everything, and we have a core percentage of stuff that's real, and on outside of it, you have a percentage of stuff that's made up, that's put out there because people want to become famous. They want to see something, or they really see think they see something, but it's really it's just literally just a fly flying around, but they're going to say what it is. And for me, I, you know, for who's an experiencer who's been through a lot of stuff and, and has a lot of things that I can do for me, I know I just kind of rein it in and just know that um, we got to be careful in some respects for what we bring forward, how we do it. Uh, but know that, yeah, there are things that take place. There's stuff that Gary Nolan has gone and figured out with the Claude Putman and what goes on in the brains and how we can see the stuff. There's changes that are there, but it's just also an understanding of this big, like you said, Dave, consciousness. That's the key and how it connects with us and what we learn from it. And that's why when I hear some of the stuff that goes on when we're talking about implants and everything, knowing from what I know from due through the consciousness standpoint. And I'm like, really? It's a, that's necessary just because of what we can possibly connect through and what this bigger picture is that the government doesn't want anybody to talk about that, that the general people who are out there will take and push it down. But we just have to take that chunk of it saying that, yeah, when people who come in contact with this, there's this upgrade that goes on, there's changes. What I would just really love is to see Gary Nolan go ahead and get uh, some of the survivors and I'll call them survivors because that's exactly what they are from the Zimbabwe uh, event that happened in in Africa a long time ago at the aerial school. They're up in Canada. Get them checked out. Get them scanned. Take your theory that you have and everything that's there, and take it and c- cement some of this stuff with some people that are from well known events, and they can, sh- you know, we can connect the dots that much better. Gary, Gary Nolan gave an extremely important talk into the Ian Doley, J King, etc. Meeting that was in New York, an inquiry into anomalous stuff. And Gary Nolan gave the keynote speech at the end. And you just carefully listen to what Gary says. He knows exactly where he wants to go. Thomas and I are both right about experiencers. And Gary explains why he is slowly, slowly, slowly bringing data out building databases and other things so that he can slowly bring the skeptical scientists into the picture. And he talks about the all of the work that can be done is at the boundary 
of hard science and the study of consciousness and these other things. No one knows where he wants to go and everybody in this field wants to pay attention to Gary Nolan because he is the thought leader in all of this. And the thing is, it really upsets me, the whole thing. We've got Gary there, and they should have Lou next to him, but he's not there right now just because of all the stuff that happened earlier in the year. And that's just uh, Gary's trying to pick it up and, and take it into places. But imagine if we had the powerhouse of those two going at this right now, Bob. Yep, I agree. Uh, so and and just Dave, just let me jump in before before we get too far gone. I want to point out to our audience the extreme importance of the word immunity. I want you to understand why it's important in a criminal thing or before Congress. If I bring you in and say I'm going to grant you immunity from your NDA. Or- Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I'm going to you immunity from prosecution. What is the one thing everybody that opposes this is scared to death of with this word immunity? If you're granted immunity and you go in front of one of these bodies, you are not allowed to say, I will not answer the question. Right. Immunity grants those who grant immunity complete and total power over your ability to say no i won't answer you give that up by accepting immunity that's the critical thing that people are opposed to word immunity are doing because they cannot stop these people from talking right but do you think some of the people bob who've done some of this stuff may mean may need anonymity in addition to immunity because of the far-reaching consequences of what's been going on so anonymity is, that, is, 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 is almost an irrelevant factor so long as they get immunity because they can be anonymous and tell, be right. required to tell everything they know to the people who are interrogating them. Immunity is the key to getting all the answers. Bingo. Thank you. What about the social aspect of this too? Like we chatted with Ross Coltart and his fear is that a lot of these people that are going to become future whistleblowers are going to say, forget it. I see what you guys do and, you know, the world of Twitter and everything else. You just rip everybody's head off. I don't need that in my life. So he's, you know, again, that's a legitimate concern that even if you have Thomas and you are both bringing up valid points. But again, the people that are asking the questions can grant them immunity and anonymity. 
They don't have to tell the world everything these people have told them so long as they tell them. And under immunity, they are required to answer every question. Because even if you have anonymity, you may, I mean, an, an immunity, you may need anonymity to keep yourself alive for some of the stuff that they're going to bring out. But, yeah. gentlemen, th- there's a problem here. Okay, a U.S. Air Force pilot just did exactly what he was supposed to do, which was report his UFO report to the Aero, whatever the hell the acronym is today. APRO. APRO, whatever it is. Okay, he did the thing that he was supposed to do. Okay, and the point that I'm, I'm getting at is he got reprimanded by his superior officers. He was not granted immunity before he left. Well, how would that work with the Wilson Davis documents if Admiral Wilson... Every single one of those people, every single one of those people under the NDAA and the intelligence community budget will be granted immunity. They will be able to talk about their unacknowledged special access program, their other SAPs all their TSSCI data, and then once they have immunity, they can talk willy-nilly, and nothing can be done to them. The problem with that, Bob, is it does nothing for the public because it's all going to be behind the scenes. The public... Listen. Well, no, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point first here, okay, because I'm coming at this from a completely different angle than you are. I'm about to answer your exact question. I'm going to answer it. But can I? If all of these people come in front of Congress not. and they tell the entire truth, you think that stuff won't get out to the public? Not it all. Will not all of it. Not at all. All, all we need is not some of all. it. All all we need is some of it, and the floodgates will open. Disagree. Disagree a hundred. I don't. I disagree with you. I'm just telling you. I do. That that's fine and dandy, Bobby, and 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 I can appreciate your your candid and hopeful nature on that. But they are not going to come back at us on anything. The people who are truly experienced, all we want, like I said in hour one, all the people want is to know why them, why them. We're not going to get that from an Air Force pilot. We're not going to get that from a Navy pilot or a helicopter pilot. Again, I agree, I agree with you, Dave, but that's, that's the reason we want science and other people to study experiencers and we why do. the government we does do. not want you doing that. Be- but right now, the entire point is this, all right? The only people, it seems right now, the only experiencers that are even listened to are airline pilots, commercial pilots, and military pilots. The rest of us can go to hell. Right, 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 now, right now you're hearing all over the world, all over the world, airline pilots are reporting a massive uptick in occurrences. And they just cannot be kept secret. Thomas, is this equivalent to the exponential increase that the Navy talked about? Yes. Three, four months ago? Yes. Or is it just now they can start talking about it's really going on? Or are we seeing this exponential uh, escalation that's going on that I've been seeing for the, like the last two years, but we're getting up to that next level to say, hey, there's something big coming. You, you, you need a handful of citizen science groups 
and others like Sky360, who is reporting this exponential increase in Europe. And guess who's buying their data? The National Reconnaissance Office. The, the citizen scientists are going to give us clear, statistically significant numbers that show the stuff is exponentially increasing. And Dave, you cannot keep that a secret because they are not required to lie. Government lies all the time. Government yeah. lies. The people in Sky 360 are not government. They're not even U.S. citizens. Bob, you hold out a lot more hope than I do, and by God, I hope you're true. And I hope I hope what you're speaking is... Remember, experiencers and immunity are the key to everything. I agree with you on that. I'm just saying that the American government under the military-industrial complex the last 70 years is not giving a peep onto what we need to know. I'm telling you that citizen science enabled by unbelievable technology that the government does not control is not controlled by government. Tom Whitmore, let's get your opinion. I'm not... Now, obviously, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know the ins and outs of how things work in Congress, but my understanding is that, uh, let's say I committed a crime and the Congress is in, uh, committee in Congress is investigating a bigger picture than that. They grant me immunity from prosecution. I say I killed, I shot so and so, and they're granting me immunity from pos- prosecution for that something that I committed in the past, so that I can tell them what they need to know about the bigger story. But Congress does not prosecute. What they do is they turn around. And they, if I understand this correctly, they send a referral to the Justice Department. And it's the Justice Department that prosecutes for whatever. Okay. So there's, Tom, Tom, okay. Okay. Bob, Bob you talked a lot. Let me, let me finish here. You're not talking let about me. a crime. You're talking about data. You're talking about knowledge. But knowledge and data are not crimes. You're not going to refer a guy who talks about a UFO to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution. What law would they have violated? Well, they would have they would have violated their NDA. Except their NDA is going to be washed away by the two bills. Potentially espionage. the, The executive branch, the president on down, has to release them from their security oath. As soon as, soon as Biden signs those two bills, they're released. No, because you've got to follow the trail. Okay. Because if, if, if the president decide or whoever decides that they want to prosecute someone for violating their NDA and they do that, then it's going to be tested in the courts. And if you go all the way, you know, up to district court or whatever to the Supreme court, I can almost guarantee you, that the court will decide in favor of the national ex- security explanation or excuse to prosecute. With, with, the, with the exception that the, the NIC state explicitly what they will be granted immunity from, and Danny Sheehan has been around a long time. But thank God we have Danny Sheehan, but it's, it's not the same situation that he was in in Watergate. Watergate was political. They had a target, and the target was Richard Nixon. And the context in the background back then was the Vietnam War, which is a huge fiasco. 
And it's, it set Congress off investigating a lot of things, which probably should have been investigated. I'd also like right. to add, if you read uh, Doug Johnson's article uh, that you can get off of Lincoln Twitter, there is no mention of immunity in this law. It's, 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 it's not you know it's not quite that it's not quite the same definition of immunity but if you read the bill it is functionally equivalent that's number one number two there's a big difference when you have absolute unanimity amongst every Republican and Democrat on these committees well I hope you're unanimous. right I hope you're right I'm not as they, they are unanimous they're going to pass it unanimously. They can pass whatever they want. But the law, once signed by Biden, binds him and everyone else. Yeah. Just a good thing with the House changing, Tim Burchett is going to get his voice, and he's going to be a part of this versus being killed. Let me explain to you why that's almost irrelevant. I want to explain it to you carefully. Until January, until January, the Democrats are in control of the House and the Senate and the White House. They will pass the law, and Biden will sign the bill. The Senate is going to be under the control of the Democrats, and Biden will still be president. It doesn't matter what the House does. They will not be able to change it. No, I'm not saying they're going to change it. I'm just saying that we have the right people coming in, some of the most vocal people who have been out there, noticeably Tim Burchett, who's been, you know, holding that line of Lou that I support completely. And you have to, if we've got, if there's an opportunity for someone to be able to come in and be more of a, have a stronger voice and ability to push this forward. We need that now more than anything. We, we, we would love for Tim Burchett to have a voice, but it needs to be on the right committees to have well, an impact. Yeah, there's an opportunity now, wasn't there? If anyone's, I mean, I, is there anybody else in the house who's, who's, spoken more favorably about what's going on with UAP. We're just sure, sure, sure. Get, 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 what's his name? What's his name from Ohio introduced the Wilson documents as has all has asked all the tough questions. Uh, and he's a Republican. He's asked all the tough questions of people from the Pentagon. I thought it was a guy from Wisconsin, Gallagher or someone who brought Gallagher, that. Gallagher from Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Gallagher. Yes. Gallagher is a Republican and he has asked all the tough questions. Well you know why, right? He was briefed by Lou. Yep. He asked the right questions. He brought the, you have the right people. So on the, on the left, you've got Gallagher. On the right, you've got Burchett, different places. But together, we've got a unified front to help us with disclosure. And like you're saying, bipartisan, 100%. We need strong voices on both places. But if we can get both of those guys out there to go ahead and, and, and lead this and be be the freaking you know, carry the flag to the freaking top of the hill for us. And the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence did exactly what they should do. They picked a senator to write, to author all the pieces of the Senate legislation who is absolutely in a super safe seat. She cannot be touched by an opponent. She's in a super safe seat. That's the reason they chose her to be the author. And it comes down to us, the people, to be able to try and push them in the direction where they need to go. At least there's some positive things we can see in our future compared to 2022. Well, either way, we're going to find out what happens whenever this bill gets released. We have the panel of Science Bob, Thomas Fessler from Disclosure Tonight, 
the UAP reports, Tim Senor from UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges, and researcher Tom Whitmore. We got him for another 30 minutes on Spaced Out Radio. We'll see if the next part will get just as heated, you know, because, hey, why not? That's what makes for great radio. Debate, discussion, that's what the SOR Roundtable is all about. When we return, what is the best and worst of the entire phenomenon of 2022? We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio right after this. You know, I've actually learned the power of the mouse ears. <laughs> They're effective. Kind of fun with great conversation tonight, Dave. Holy cow. The panel is on fire. It's good. It's good. Yeah. That's why I was letting you guys go. It makes for great radio. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, Bob and and Tom and, and Louie and Tim, everybody is just having such a great conversation. Absolutely. Well, I'm a little well, pissed off that Louie oh, didn't wear a tie. But, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Well, you know, not wearing a tie apparently is the right thing to do in this industry. Just saying. Because those who wore a tie, you know where it went. Win, lose, or tie. Yeah, exactly. My God. Hey, so Thomas, how does immunity hold up when it comes to a topic like espionage? You know, if if, the, if there was something pretty heavy duty that took place. Uh, one in second. Uh, John Slaymaker, I know what creates great radio. That's why I've been in radio for over 20 <laughs> some years. And, and Bob going off the way he did. It does make passionate radio. It really does. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you there. Yeah. I've been on target tonight. He, he, yeah. You know what it is? He's passionate, Dave, and he's true about himself. Focused. I, yeah. I don't yeah. agree. I, hey, I don't agree with what Bob's saying, but that's my opinion. Right. Because I'm, and, and, and Tim and I have had this discussion, I am coming at this from a totally emotional standpoint. Because I don't give a care about what the government says. I don't care. I used to, but I've decided over the last few months is, is, has changed me. It's changed me big time. You know what works really well for that? Maybe you could do it here as well. Maybe if you got a new producer that comes around, they can help you out with stuff. Freaking surveys during the show to find out where is the pulse of the audience? Where does the audience think stuff is at? That is just so freaking powerful. And it's just, it gets me out of having to make that decision of where are we going towards? Because then you get the idea of seriously, you know, the people are willing to press the button saying yes or no or A, B, or C. It helps understand where everybody sits, which kind of brings a lot more people into it, I guess. Well, I mean, the, the big thing is, is this. People, the government doesn't want to understand, Thomas, people like you, me, people in our audience who've woken up to greys in our bedroom, who've woken up to reptilians, who've uh, woken up on a ship to a needle going into them somewhere or whatever it may be. All right. We don't understand the military. We don't care because in the end, this is an individual thing that we all just want to know why me. I lived a happily boring life before this. You did too. Okay. 
uh, Tim did before his experience. Okay, we all just want to to have that understanding of what is going on. And I, I stuck my nose up. Is it Christmas? Then everything in my life has changed. I'm, I'm now living with an experiencer. And we have crap happen in this house and on our cameras all day long, every day. Mm-hmm. We've seen everything you can imagine, everything you've ever heard of. And Grant Cameron is going to put all of this evidence on a deal on Sunday. The crap you know, is about I to hit I freaking love that because you're someone who's dealing with stuff and you're seeing it going around. And we, like- we, 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 uh, we have on video. We have on video. And your clothes are on backwards. There it is. You've got the We we are on, we have on video, orbs, triangles, cigars, uh, weird shape, structured craft. We have orbs flying through our house. We have all of that on video, every bit of it. And Grant Cameron is about to blow the world open with with this group of orb people. Yeah. You're the, you're the one who's gathering the data. I'm, gra- I'm glad Grant is there. I'm surprised he didn't talk to freaking Dave. But seriously, my God, this, that, that's amazing stuff. And the more stuff we can get captured, because our eyes only can see so much. If we can get stuff on different, you know, different medias and start finding out the ways that other people can go ahead and go out there and reproduce this and, you know, see some of the stuff that's going on. That's the key of getting people. Uh, so I, I just, I just knew the crap was going to hit the fan when Lala and I were driving down the road here in Maryland, and we looked up through her sunroof and we saw a triangle hovering right over the top of our car. Fifteen seconds. And nice. I just knew, I just knew the crap was going to hit the fan, and it has happened since then. We've been nonstop stuff happening. All right, yeah. five Run. seconds. That's five seconds, that. guys. Five seconds. Pick your best and worst of twenty twenty two. Here we go. We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much taking the time to join us want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com. we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read shirky poos newswire check out our swag as well follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we introduce our panel to the SOR roundtable tonight. And it has been heated, it has been fun, it has been emotional, and it has been knowledgeable. But we love having our gr- excuse me, our group tonight, Louis Borges from the UAP Studies Podcast. From Disclosure tonight, we have Thomas Fessler, Tom Whitmore, researcher, Science Bob McGuire, and from the UAP or UFO report on this show, little Timmy Senor, we call him the Timbit around here. He's even got his own theme song. Yeah, maybe we should play it for him, should we? Tim, because this is usually the time. This is usually the time. Here we go. Here's Tim's report. 
Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. Lucky Land Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I can't get that on my mind. Yes, he has his own theme song, Tim Senor. We're going to kick it off with you. 2022 has seen a lot of weird information. It's mainly been a UFO year, but the big thing is there's been a lot in the paranormal world, a lot in the cryptid world that have been pretty much covered up. What's your top uh, two stories, your best and worst of 2022, Tim? You might want to, let's start by unmuting. Yeah, um, the big stinker of the year. Um, I guess I would have to go with the public hearings that were such a huge letdown. Um, Massive expectations, let's say publicly, um, coming in for just some kind of information, and we were left with confusion. So that was a massive disappointment. And then, um, if you like, I can give you my highlight. Please. But... um, Honestly, my highlight was probably um, coming forward publicly and talking on your show regularly and Thomas's show regularly, um, finding a community that I personally could talk to and talk about topics in the news. Um, it's been a massive upswing in this topic for me personally, being able to talk about it. And it puts it in a light that's much more realistic and understandable for me personally, because my experience left me with nothing but questions. And so you have given me, you and Thomas uh, have given me a community, all of your listeners and yourselves. And, you know, we've had lots of late night chats about this topic where I've just been bombarding you both with questions that you've helped me with. So that's definitely the biggest bonus and upswing and i could even get teary over it because it's really changed my life so it's been you guys Uh, and your audience i'll send you a bouquet of roses right after (laughs) this Uh, thomas fessler let's go to you here what has been your highlight and low light of 2022 let's take two lows to make our highs and our lows let's take the high low of what it was back in like march or april of this year after a onslaught by the community and everybody uh, of a lot of negative entities who knows if it's it was even uh backed by organizations like osi 
was the pullback of Luella Zondo from everything what was going on in disclosure, something that he had gotten going with in 2017 and 2022 for what had taken place in the early part of the year. It kind of pulled it back and really mixed up the situation of where we're at. Take that and then add it into of where we're at today with the UAP report that November 25th, not a freaking word for accountability going to the American people for saying where this is, what we're going to get it, what we're going to get it, why we haven't gotten it on time. No, you know, pre-warning or even acknowledgement that a major delivery that's due to the American taxpayers and the citizens of this country are not is not being provided. It just kind of seems like they can screw up. They can go in violation of the law. And there was like no repercussions. And the people who should be talking about it are silent. All right, Tom Whitmore, let's go to you. What have been your highlights well, think, and lowlights? Yeah, several good things have been going on this year. Uh, just a few of them. Uh, Doug Johnson has been doing a, an excellent job of tracking uh, the legislation development and the legislation itself. And don't get me wrong, I think it's fantastic, and I hope it works. Uh, John Greenwald is a, uh, is a stalwart. He continues to uh, turn up documents that not only are historical, but are also currently relevant uh, to the issues that we're looking at. Dave Marler is an archivist. He has an archive in, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he's uh, creating the National UFO Historical Records Center. And that's eventually going to become an archive like a university archive or the National Archives where you can go in and request uh, files and documents from that. Uh, and he's been lining up uh, funding uh, to be able to do that. So those are positive things. Negative, uh, I've listened to too many Twitter spaces that are just awful, <laughs> listening to the conversations and, and all the uh, profanity and the ignorance and and, uh, and all of that. Um, there have been hit pieces on YouTube uh, toward uh, prominent researchers in the field that I think are uncalled for. And, uh, you know, that's that's the UFO world. No, very true. Louie, let's get to yours. Well, I think the positive for us is uh, just seeing the uptick in, you know, growth and comments and following. And I think anybody with a show or anything relevant to this topic has seen that uptick in people's interest levels. So that's good. Either we're getting through to people or more people are getting on the wagon. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, personally, for us, myself and Jason, you know, getting to speak with the likes of Jacques Vallée and Leslie Kane and Avi Loeb and George Knapp and all these big name people within the last 11 months uh, has been personally gratifying for us. You know, we went from being guys that were listening to shows to having a show and, you know, uh, we, we needed guests and now we're, some of us are guests on other people's shows. So uh, it's been a good personal growth year. Um, negative side, I would say um, kind of in agreement with Thomas, the fact that it's the 25th, we still don't have a report. And even like a recent New York Times article, I think it was New York Times, where they try to debunk something saying it was air trash or air garbage or something like that. It just it feels like swamp gas 2.0. And there's still that faction of stupidity that we have to deal with before this gets taken seriously. So I'd say that's definitely a negative more than a positive. All right. Science, Bob, let's get to you. Your positive. Okay, so, and negative. Well, okay, so the positive for me is. Uh, is, is 
is personal. I uh, developed, entered a relationship with Lala Bright, but that led me to uh, getting to know Deb Shakti and interacting with Grant Cameron and other things on various things. And I'm just going to tell you, this utterly changed my life in the sense that I, I now have no, no handcuffs on me. Uh, my, my handcuffs are gone. I'm going to talk openly about everything I know. And the pot, the, so almost all of our major positives, Tom is exactly right. Those are major big deals. So Grant Cameron is unleashed. And he was behind the big Canadian effort that was about to uh, unleash Canada as a major element in the disclosure, and he's going to continue that role. And also, uh, he is. Uh, everyone needs to go and watch uh, watch Grant's uh, video on the Wilson documents and the O'Shannon notes. There are major things in the, in those in those in a YouTube deal where we went over the documents, we went over the O'Shannon notes, and we understood the import of what is in Oak Shannon's notes and why it's relevant to disclosure. And the big negatives are all the downsides of trying to get actual truth out of government people. And what we know is we're going to have to go the long slog of getting citizen science involved and getting some data out to the point where government says, okay, there's too much citizen science data out here. Everybody understands the truth. And just one more positive, getting to know Jimmy Blanchett, Deb Shakti, Lala, and me working on Jimmy using Jimmy Blanchett's uh, 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 tools to try and hopefully achieve two-way communication. All right. Oh, with uh, the uh, non-human intelligence. Yes, two-way communications with an HI. Let's and, talk, but and what's seriously, your, what's your negative there, Bob? The negative is all the crap that's going on in and around Congress that we've already mentioned. The crap in the New York Times, the crap in people slowing down, the fight that's going on inside government. But I believe it's, that what that means is disclosure to me is inevitable, but it's just going to be slower than I had hoped. Yeah, but we can move it forward in ways that other parts aren't. And that's what if we do. Doing. If we do the two way cons with NHI, I'm telling you. That's the, 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 the deal is over. The deal is over. Whatever it's it is. Over. The entire deal is over once we do two-way communications. Right. Well, yeah. I want to help where I can, and I might be able to. I'm going to give you my positive of, of uh, 2022, and I'm going to step out of the UFO world for a minute here. And, and the one thing that I've loved about the Bigfoot community this year is we really seem to have a lot more researchers opening up their minds and their eyes to what the evidence is saying. And that is that we don't know what this creature is, whether it's supernatural or not, or whether it's just got some special mystique. It seems a lot of researchers have moved away from the typical flesh and blood argument to get more into looking at the evidence properly without a bias and have literally said, wow, what the hell is this truly going on? I think of two people who become very close to this show over the last 12 months in Chris Reinhardt and Carter Bouchard, who were both nuts and bolts people, 
okay, and flesh and blood people until they started studying the evidence that was brought forward to them, not only with what they saw with their own eyes, but what they saw in people they interviewed and helped as well. And I think uh, kudos to, to the researchers who are actually putting their own bias aside and using the facts that are in front of them as what they uh, what they should be studying. I, 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 I'd like to support that, Dave, and I want to point out one person I know that's kind of in, involved in so many different things, and that is Simeon Hine, who you regularly have on, is a major remote viewer. He is doing, Lala and I are both in his third course, and I'm telling you, we're really learning a lot. And Simeon is involved in both Bigfoot research and in consciousness research and in remote viewing. And then Lala and I entered into a conversation with Ed May, and we're interacting with the people at the Monroe Institute, and hopefully we get somewhere. So oh, I'm yeah. just telling you, it, every the remote viewing community interacting with the cryptid community is going to be a Have big deal. Simeon is center of a lot of that. Have you talked with Julie Farrell, Science Bob? Yes, Julie's in our Julie's in my current class. Well, I mean, that would be my positive for the cryptid world. My positive for the UFO world this year would, would really be the fact that, you know, there was some great documentaries put out this year. A lot of people worked hard from Darcy Weir to James Fox to, you know, whether you love yeah. or hate him, the guys from Third Phase of Moon, they worked diligently, all of them, to try and bring their information to the forefront. And it wasn't just those three. There was numerous people who did documentaries this year that worked Jack hard. Osborne. Jack Osborne's a document with Ben Hansen and others out in Uinta Valley. That is worth watching on Discovery+. Plus. Jack Osborne did a great job. Absolutely. You got the Animal School Phenomenon movie, too. Caroline Corey, Tear in the Sky. You yeah. mentioned James Fox, Moment of Contact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good to see people spending money on this stuff. That's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I like how they're doing these big premieres. Talk. Yeah. They're doing these big premieres, and these premieres are selling out. I think it's great. I do. Now, my downside, I have a couple this year. Uh, Luis Elizondo telling that he wanted to kill ufology. I didn't like that whatsoever. I understand the angle that he was going down, and I don't think he brought it across very well because ufology needs to change. You can't have blind faith for the woo, and you can't have blind faith for the science. And you Did can't you have blind faith. I, I think it was emotional. I wouldn't have was. You know what? That's to me. That's one of those blogs that you write out to your your ex wife or your ex husband that you absolutely hate, and then you throw it in the trash bin. I think that's yeah. what should have happened with that. Well, but yeah. I think I think that goes hand in hand with yeah, them not he, wanting he, to consult with the UFO community. You know, when TTSA he, he, came, he out. has a he has a point in the, talking about science and people in ufology. Science. The people in science that really piss me off are the ones that have data staring them right in the face and oh, deny God. its very existence and won't discuss it. Bingo. Those people in science are not scientists. They are they are they are religious dictators, not scientists. That's number one. Number two, the people in ufology who don't believe 
in gathering usable, repeatable data that can show evidence of anything, they are also being doing religion and not anything that's useful to anyone. Absolutely. Yeah, trust me, the religious hard ones are here in ufology, and they just have a hard time when some of the questions get there. It's like it, it, it's like a f- switch that flips. Well, my, my next one on the negativity chart would be that we are pushing experiencers back further and further. The experiencers this year, I think, have taken a beating from people who are nuts and bolts, from people who don't believe anything, from people who think that uh, you cannot trust anecdotal evidence to those who feel that uh, this is a government project and the experiencers mean nothing. Tell that to a, a parent who has to watch their child go through this. Tell that to a person who's lost five jobs in a year because they can't fall asleep at night due to being uh, scared to be taken. You know, there's a lot John, of John Mac, John Mack and Bud Hopkins, they did great work. And if you believe even the, the extremely conservative estimates they made based on statistical methodologies... There are millions of experiencers. We cannot keep them in a closet. Exactly. And and the point that I'm getting at, guys, is this. This year in ufology especially, I think we turned a real ugly corner where we are basing our, our beliefs on opinion rather than fact. And just because you don't believe an experiencer or you don't believe dots in the sky or you don't believe the government doesn't mean that everything is wrong. All right. There is a lot of right going on in the field. We may agree with it in different versions, but for the most part, the experiencers were kicked to the curb this year once again. And I want to see that change. It has to change because I firmly believe that the experiencers or pardon me, if the scientific community ever decided like if we had a hundred Gary Nolans that were investigating experiencers, how much further ahead would we be in solving the UFO game? Absolutely. This is absolutely true. Absolutely facts. We need Gary Nolans. We need technologists. I'm, I'm going to play a small role in that, but uh, we, we need we need we need a hundred Gary Nolans that are out there, major thought leaders who, who we, we just got, say we want to live on the edge. Okay, guys, we got two minutes left, twenty seconds or less. What are you looking forward to in 2022, Louis? Let's start with you. I'm looking forward to getting some actual goods. You know, they were teasing us and getting us excited and disappointed. Uh, I think the movement is moving quick, and I think it's going to happen. So optimistic for 2023. All right. Uh, Science Bob. 2023, I believe we'll have the first person come out of government and say Roswell was real. Oh, that would be a good one. Little Timmy Senior, the Timbit. I want to see a new temperature in Congress. I want to I turn up the heat. Well, thanks for your 20 seconds there. Uh, Thomas Fessler from Disclosure Tonight. Let's get to you. I would I would honestly, Dave, want to look at this from the big picture. And I, more than anything, I want to see that there is an appreciation and more importantly of an acknowledgement that we are truly dealing with a non-human intelligence out there. And it's not just balloons and swamp gas and everything else. That there's, you know, like Lewis said, we're not at the top of the food chain. Let's just 
open the doors. Tom Whitmore, let's get your opinion. 2023. I'd like to see the legislation passed, and I'm hoping that people will go through their communication channel to report whatever it is that they can. Yes. I have two, gentlemen. Number one, I want to see in 2023, I want to see the Canadian government expand and actually try and build, work together, and try and build uh, an actual (laughs) UFO front in our country to take the lead on this. But number two, I want to see all of you and all of our listeners at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, Nevada, for our second annual Mm -hmm. Vegas fan party, May 19th to 21st. We had such a blast last year. I want to do it all again this year. We are going to do it all again this year. I know Science Bob, Tom Whitmore, Louis Borges, and Tim Senor are going to be there. Thomas, due to health, cannot be there, but he's going to try. I know he's going to try, you know, but we want to see you all there. And thank you so much, Science Bob McGuire, Thomas Fessler, Tom Whitmore, Louis Borges, and Tim Senor for a wonderful, heated, and incredibly passionate SOR One last table. Thing. Bring back Lou. That's what I want to see in 2023. Not going to happen. Lala and I will see everybody in Vegas. Not going to happen. I want to see you be a grandpa. Lou, no, he ain't coming. He ain't coming. He's, he's well, done. He's he can, done. We can ask, can't we? We can ask. Thank you, everybody, for a great panel. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music. Spaced Out Radio rocking us in and out of every single show get your horns up for the guitar god himself special thanks to everybody listening in at home at work in your cars wherever you may be thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight youtube twitch lgap facebook spreaker the space travelers club and on twitter at hashtag spaced out radio Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.